0: Hi, hello, Passive Pixels Media Catchup Podcast. I'm going to say it straight off because I've been telling myself for the last two episodes to do it. I'm not going to be recording the 30th. I got the phenomenal news that my near replicant White Snow Edition has shipped. And I swear, if any of you who know where I live and you come around anytime near that game, I will ask you politely but firmly to leave. I will probably not pull my gun on you. That's a bit too much. I will just tell you, please don't do that. Now, we have what I've dubbed the unofficial second chair about, a, let's say, a couple of months ago. And only now is he taking me up on it. Now, I assume you said you want to be called Joker, right, when you got introduced?
1: Yeah, that's right, Joker. Please introduce me as that. All right, uh, here we have Joker. Um, Is that a gun in your hand? (laughs) No, no. Uh, My name is Dorian. That's my actual name. I've been a teaholic, so it's really great to finally be on here, unmasked, uh, unmasked, and uh, be able to give you my name. So that's me. Please, still don't sneak me out. I don't want to play Overwatch with you.
0: If anyone tries to find Dorian, and by the way, I'm going to just admit it right now. I'm going to be swapping between Dorian and Addy very often. So the good thing is that there's only one other person. So unless you guys start thinking that my name is Addy, I can't help you. So I apologize in advance. Yeah, I don't mind either. So you're good on either. Okay, perfect. All right. If anything, uh, you had told me that. Your family heard this. How was that? Because I can tell you right now, whenever (laughs) I edit and I can hear my own voice, it's fine. But I had a cousin who put me on his in his car through aux or Bluetooth, and I heard my voice through the Snapchat and I threw my phone out of instinct that I was like, (laughs) I don't want this near I don't want
1: this cursed image near me. Please get it away. <laughs> well, it's funny. We had Easter dinner together not too long ago. You, you guys celebrate Easter at the same time, right? That's the same Canada, America.
0: I assume as much, but it's one of those things that Easter is one of those I don't pay attention to because they swap it all the time. Like, th- there was that one time that it landed on 420, and I was just like, what is going on now? I don't understand how people tell this. I think I asked my parents, too, like, how do they determine Easter? And my parents just told me they do. And I was like, I don't think that's an answer.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I guess it's just some... I guess it's the Easter Bunny get together with a few important government officials, and they decide on a date. That's what I'm going to assume anyway. But I no. knew the CIA was involved. <laughs> yeah, they always are. But no, so went over for Easter dinner, and they had listened to the one with the leftovers. So they're, so they're like, hey, let's put it on the speaker, right? Because oh. it just it just dropped. <laughs> And at first I'm like, oh, this is a great idea. Let's do it. So then they put it on and then I hear my voice. I'm like, no, this is a terrible idea. Let's stop. But no, they ended up up listening to most of it. I sat there and cringed through most of it. Uh, But, you know, whatever. Hey, it was an
2: experience.
0: (laughs) Oh, you don't understand how uncomfortable I am. Like my AC is at 65 right now. And I feel like that's the first thing to make me shudder. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it was, uh, I don't know. We, uh, we won't talk about that. Okay. Now I shout, shout out to you guys though. I'm sure you're listening again to, to Dorian's family.
0: I apologize so much that <laughs> I brought him on and you were subjected to this. My fullest condolences. There are people that I can see on a daily basis when I go grocery shopping that I would never apologize to, but yet having not met any of you, I want you to know from the bottom of my heart, I apologize.
1: Yeah. I echo that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> i'm really way too cynical for this what's your list <laughs> all right so we got some good stuff uh, actually i don't have much uh not nearly as much content as last week but i got some good stuff so mm-hmm. in terms of movies and televisions i'm still watching mr robot uh, i watched mm-hmm. a fantastic little thigh movie called ong Bak, and then i watched mm-hmm. a movie called bad trip a netflix movie and then in terms of video games i finished persona 4 golden uh, mm-hmm. i played what remains of edith finch and i've been playing halo 2 <laughs> Oh, that's some good stuff. All right. Now, my
0: list is probably going to be one that there's going to be two entries here that people are going to hear, and I'm immediately going to be called a hypocrite. Now, that's fine. I have a good explanation for them, and they're going to be the last ones I mention, at least in their section. I have one TV show, I have one, two, three, four, five movies, and I have two games. The TV show, I watched two more episodes of The Leftovers, episodes six and seven. I watched in movies, Tenet, Akira, Perfect Blue, From Russia With Love, and Thunderball. The two games I played were Habroxia by, I don't know, some dude on the internet. I'm not exactly too sure who made it. (laughs) And Halo 2, which is, I assume, made by, I assume, John Carmack himself, you know, with the help of Gabe Newell. I think I nailed that. Halo, small little indie series no one's ever heard of. I'm the first person to find it, you know. So I thought I should be able to amplify the majesty that is halo
1: yeah i appreciate your recommendation actually it was you it was like hey i'm playing this indie game called halo 2 you should check it out and i was like that's a great idea and lo and behold
0: yeah no i still can't believe that there is is no halo 1
1: like that's ridiculous to me yeah, it seems strange i don't understand either <laughs> i'll give them a pass because it's an independent title but there really should be crossplay co-op in this game i mean come on guys come on
0: look 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 i value the toxicity that i put into this world so i'm gonna say fuck you little small indie studio how dare you not have everything working perfectly when we don't even hold our AAA studios to that standard fuck you i should have gotten a refund when i got a chance but amen keep keep the keep the servers up i really like your multiplayer please. <laughs> oh my god i'll send you extra money if you need the servers just please keep them on okay uh what order should we go in i mean you're the man of the hour where are we starting you know what Let's go weird. Let's go ahead and just start with Halo 2. Perfect. Because why not? That's the topic that we'll have, and then we'll divert from there. We can go to TV and then end with movies. Sounds good. All right, so Halo 2. Now, I did not have plans of playing this. You wrote me into it because I was trying not to play any games between the beginning of this month until near Replicant came in. Halo 2, what spurred you to play it, and then wrote me into it.
1: Well, it's funny. So I finished, well, I was kind of like you. I finished Persona 4 Golden and, oh, I just realized I don't have Persona 4 Dancing on my list. Okay, I played Persona 4 Dancing too. I apologize. We're in off already. That's it. That... Cancel the episode. We're, we're starting over. We're starting over. We're, we're, we're done. Delete everything. We're done. So, okay, I'll talk about Persona 4 Dancing and tie that in Persona 4 Golden. Anyways,
0: sorry. Episode 7, guys. Episode 8. <laughs> I don't know what the next episode. The, the, the One episode is 7 minutes. The next episode is now going to be the rest of this. Congrats, everyone. You got a second episode
1: yeah, bonus episode. Hooray! Okay. <laughs> so, anyway, after I finished Persona 4 Dancing and Persona 4 Golden, I was like, okay, I don't want to touch anything until near Replicant. I'm done. I'm going to watch Mr. Robot, watch movies, everything like that. But, you know, I'm the guy at the giant backlog. I always want to be playing something. I'm like, okay, what if I want to play something that's like 10 hours that I'll have fun with, what can I play? And I'm kind of, I want to run through all the Halo games before Halo Infinite comes out. So it's Halo 1, Halo 2, Halo 3, ODST, Reach 4, and 5. Now, I've played 1, 2, and 3 before, and I finished 1 a couple of months ago. So I was like, you know what? This is a good time for 2. I'm kind of in the mood for a first-person shooter. Let's do it up. Yeah, I'm curious. How did you feel about Halo 1? I really really like Halo 1 a lot although it's funny playing through this game is making me realize I don't think I liked Halo 1 as much as I thought I did because this is just better this is Halo 1 and I still really like Halo 1 don't get me wrong I'm not going to throw it under the bus but this mm-hmm. is making me realize everything that's good about Halo 1 I think Halo 2 just takes it and makes it a little bit better it's just really fantastic. For me, Halo 1, I played it for the
0: first time probably a couple of years ago. I had my Xbox One S and I told myself, this box is going to play Halo games and 360 games. And I only made good on literally one Halo game. The only game I beat on my Xbox One S in the four years I had it was Halo CE. That was it. And I remember not even liking it. I don't understand how Halo 1... I don't think I liked it. It wasn't until that I co-oped with my best friend that I was like, there we go, this is what Halo is. I played both on Heroic, and it wasn't until today that I did the Gravemind mission that I told myself, do I just not know how to play Halo? Like, I, for some reason get into this thing where i will be shooting enemies and i'm thinking this should be more effective than what i'm doing why am i playing this game wrong (laughs) and halo one was that for me to a t and i still hated all of the driving that that game makes me do halo 2 oh my god Ooh. (laughs) Ooh, I'm not even talking about the campaign. I'm just talking about Halo 2 overall. Ooh, listen, my entire high school was Halo 2, Swords and Shoddies, Lockout, Free For All, and System Link between two Xboxes that were across the room. I can tell you right now that I don't remember a single goddamn thing that happened an hour ago, but I remember everything about those Halo matches down to a T. So Halo 2 holds a special part of my heart, even though I have never played the campaign until just a couple of days ago. So that's at least my history. Yeah, no, no, I've never played any of the Halo campaigns until oh, I did the not last know this. couple
1: of years yeah oh i did not know this okay this provides a whole new spin on it okay cool
0: yeah i've never loved halo outside of that context of high school of me being a freshman seeing some juniors with a sniper on lockout just nailing the nastiest of hip fire snipes that i can't believe i was seeing that shit and thinking Wow. I understand what's going on and I understand how hard that is. I don't want to fuck with them. And I remember that I got so nasty with the plasma sword that I became competitive just with that thing. People would have shotguns? No, 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 no. I'm going to launch myself seven miles into the opposite direction to stab you with this thing in the back of the head. Like, that's how nasty. I got with it.
1: Yeah, I don't think there's anything more fun. I'm not a big multiplayer guy, but even I remember playing Halo 2, more Halo 3 multiplayer, but I did like Halo 2 multiplayer. And I don't think there's anything more fun in any multiplayer game I've ever played than just chasing a bitch down and slashing him with that sword. Like it is just crime, enjoyment. When you slash, he dies. You're like, I'm better than you. Fuck off and i think that's just so enjoyable i just i've never been so
0: happy to hear someone die outside of here like (laughs) you stabbed them two minutes ago and they're still yelling their last death (laughs) rattle like it's so satisfying and for some reason when you add a sword to it oh it's some good shit Oh, so as you can tell, like that, it's so hilarious that I love Halo 2 so much just from that very specific settings that I've only played it in. It has to be these two weapons, this one map, it needs to be system linked and it needs to be at in a school. Like th- there's so many caveats to how I love Halo 2 that it's so weird that no matter how much I praise Halo, it is just from like this fraction of a fraction of what it
1: provided. That's totally fair. But now I'm curious. So you're playing through the campaign for the first time. How are you enjoying it? Uh uh, uh, how do I, uh, <laughs> This doesn't sound I, like a glowing endorsement.
0: No, 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 no. no. It is, I'm conflicted. I'm so conflicted with this game because whenever I'm playing as the Arbiter, I don't think I care, but it's so weird that I say I don't care when I then consider that when I'm. When I'm soldier, military, green man, I still don't care, but I am having so much more fun. Like, I do not know what the hell is going on in the story. All I know is that I am green man and I must kill. And whenever I am alien man, I must kill but look out for the green icon. Do not kill them. So <laughs> Yeah, it's
1: a little more confusing when you're playing as the Arbiter for sure. It's like, do I kill oh, this guy? No, no, he's good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Stop hurting me. And I'm like, I'm... <laughs> sorry,
0: man. Uh, look, look, I'm racist, okay? I'm sorry. I can't tell the difference between you, okay? <laughs> Maybe we should put a little star on you and... Okay, that's too far. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I look, my job is to try and get this shit canceled every week. Oh <laughs> yeah, it's not a 9/11 well joke. on our way.
1: Well <laughs> on our way. <laughs> so, yeah, like
0: I I have no idea what the story is. I assume these backwards ass aliens think that Halo was a deity being that is basically rat poison in the Kool-Aid that they're all drinking and Master Chief and 343 are like no you idiots this thing kills and they're like no it'll take us to the afterlife and master chief's like yes that's called death (laughs) am i wrong like is that the
1: plot yeah, that's definitely part of it. Here, here's what I find, what I actually really like about Halo. I find Halo, you get as much as you put into it. So you can go in there and I feel not really pay attention to the story, not really care about the story. But I think you could still have a really good time with the game. And that's where, for me, as a person who really prioritizes story in games... I'm going to be honest with you, the story in Halo 2, and and Halo in general, while I find it cool and I follow the threads, every time I find one of those secret terminals, which, if you're not playing in anniversary mode, Ed, you'll have no idea what I'm fucking talking about. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Okay, okay. Every time I unlock one of those terminals, I wait for the rare achievement to pop up, because you get that amazing rare achievement sound, and then skip I don't watch any of the terminal shit because I don't care. Oh, my God. It's funny because I tried
0: playing Halo CE through its remake, and I found the exact same problems with the remake that I did in Anniversary 2, which is that I feel like it's too dark. Like, I don't understand. Like, I'm so used to seeing the not visible, slightly visible, and very visible icon. And I would actually follow that. There used to be a period of time, like in the PS3, when I had just a shitty TV. So I would bump it up as brightly as I could. But now on the OLED, like, I don't have to worry about that. I would just kind of get it into where it wants me to. And for some reason, I cannot see shit in the remakes. Like, I will be walking around, and I'll be getting shot, and I'm like, who is shooting me? If it wasn't the fact that every bullet was a neon color of sort, I would have no idea who is shooting me. And then what I do is that I revert back to the old graphics. I'm like, oh, there was a rock in front of me. I'm shooting myself. (laughs) Why could I not see this in the remake? That's interesting. I don't think I've had that problem. That's so interesting. Not only that, you know what's a huge thing that does not help me at all? I, for some reason, like I'm not diagnosed, but I'm self-diagnosing myself as verbally dyslexic, where if I hear words, I will just start jumbling up and hearing the wrong thing. And subtitles are pretty much life for me. One, because whenever I was a kid, I put on subtitles so I didn't have to study for spelling tests. I would just read as I was watching TV. And eventually that stuck with me. (laughs) But playing Halo 2 and not having subtitles in the middle of gameplay, Cortana would be like, chief, we need to. (laughs) Like, I have no idea. What the hell she's she saying?
1: So there's no subtitles in the middle of the game? You can't turn that on?
0: There, there wasn't. I had okay. subtitles on, and it's only in the cutscenes. And okay. there's no subtitles in-game. I was like, I have no idea what you want me to do at any point like i have to actually tell myself stop shooting go to a corner and try not to die and hopefully you hear about the next thing that you're doing but honestly here's the good thing the fucking level design that Bungie put into this game is so good that everything is always signposted that you never got lost unless you know you spawned in the wrong spot and you're
1: like wait where the hell am i oh there i am the funny thing is one of my complaints about halo c i love how open it is i think that's really cool To but I got lost a lot in that game. Like, a lot. And part of it's me just being a dumbass. But part of it, I think, is just the level design wasn't quite up to snuff yet. In Halo 2, completely gone. Like, you just know where you're going at all times. The levels are really seamless. But they still feel open, too. It's it's hard to do that, but it still feels open. And I appreciate it. I that. would argue that Halo 1 has
0: open design and doesn't signpost intentionally i don't think that they specifically wanted to signpost i think it's just something that after time now that open world games have become a bit more prevalent halo kind of being like you can go wherever you want you choose where to go is now kind of counterintuitive after the fact when we have so many games that are like hey i know you're a cowboy you have gps shut the fuck up just enjoy (laughs) yeah
1: no, that's a really good point actually. I don't I think it was one hundred percent intentional too. And it was just a product of the time. But I still think that there's value in it. I think it's just that we have we're we're wrong. Halo's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And in, and in a first person shooter, that isn't exactly common, especially back then. So full props to Bungie for that. Like full props. You were- Another full props to Halo 2 for having a
0: Kimbo. Like,
1: I miss dual wielding
0: so much
1: in oh, games. When I first started Halo 2, the, one of the first things that I did was do dual wielding SMGs. And it's so satisfying. Like, it just feels so good to have both SMGs, pop them in somebody, reload one, keep shooting the other. God, it's satisfying. Do you know the gun P90 uh, from Apex? No, no. Well, I mean, no, no, no. It, it,
0: like an actual P90. Like it, oh. it looks like this weird plastic thing now. No, sorry. No. OK, no, that is completely fine. Basically, the SMG in Halo 2, I think the mag comes off from the top. Now, I shot a P90 once a couple of years ago. If you look it up, it it, it look. Oh, wait, no, hold on. I just know. I know how to connect this to you. Do you remember the guns that the frogs would use in Metal Gear Solid Four? Yes, yes, I do. Okay, yeah, that is a P ninety. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can't believe I pulled that
1: out. Oh wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I kind of remember. I'm in Canada. We have hockey sticks out here. Uh, bats. They would not really do knives, but you can do like uh, a sharp fork. So just keep that in mind. I hate that in my head.
0: I just imagine you guys like, ah, shit, we're being invaded, eh? And then you start taping, like, fucking knives to to hockey sticks. And it's like, we're going to get them. We're going to for sure get them this time.
1: (laughs) You're not wrong. That's that's exactly how it goes down. (laughs) (laughs) Hey,
0: do you guys hear the Russians are invading? I've been keeping glass around my hockey stick for this reason. (laughs) We're about to show them who the boot is,
2: eh?
0: You ready, eh? (laughs) (laughs) So the reason that I even mentioned that is that the P90 has a magazine that loads up from the top and it's so satisfying to click that in and then slap it on the gun and seeing that the SMG in Halo 2 pops off from the top. Dude, it's so fucking cool to just pop off a mag whenever you're holding two guns. I've gone uh, dual wielding at a range with two handguns. And when you're done and you drop both mags empty, oh, God, you, oh, it's such, it's one of those satisfying moments that stays with you. You're like, damn. That was cool. And seeing him just pop that shit out for submachine guns is one of the coolest things ever. It's it's like maybe a total of 40 frames that you see the magazines flip out, but it's so cool. Yeah, no, that's really cool, actually. I love that. Oh, dual wielding halo 2 so fun now how are you feeling about anniversary
1: i assume you were playing mostly an anniversary right yeah i switched a couple of times back and forth just to be like oh man it looked like that and then switch back to anniversary it's funny because i would
0: go the opposite way i would be in regular halo 2 i would be like huh what does this look like and then it swaps and i'm like i'm repulsed by it and then jump back
1: interesting interesting So why do you feel that way Just is it because of the um what you said earlier? So no, that so what I meant earlier,
0: at least was talking about gameplay where I was like everything looks so dark and there are people that are like hiding ready to ruin me. The reason that I do not like Halo 2 or I mean Halo 2 anniversary or even Halo CE anniversary is that I don't like the new art style. Like it looks too busy it for some reason feels too futuristic i don't know why but i didn't like ce i think because i thought that halo was closer to mass effect where it was very serious sci-fi like i look i had played playstation pretty much my entire life and it wasn't until halo 2 at high school that i had ever played an xbox console whatsoever so on the outside i was like man that halo game that master chief i assume like there is some insane story and it's spanning and it's it's like fucking star wars it's the star wars of video games and when i get there and i play ce i'm like i really don't know what the hell this is but once it clicked with me after watching a couple of chris Raygun videos it's some dude you know it's some dude on youtube i don't know who he is right um he some independent couple guy. Of the, yeah some some dork okay no no <laughs> no i can't no i can't do that chris is too nice to christopher chris, dude chris raygun is way too fucking funny for me to make fun of him okay he will wreck my shit just from hearing my voice he's going to demolish me like oh, yeah. i i'm good He has, like,
1: psychic wave likes that pick up on, like, anyone talking shit, and he'll just smack back. I think I just got a Twitter notification from him. I'm going to (laughs) have to go underground. Um, Now,
0: Halo, once he explained it, that it's kind of offbeat and kind of campy, it clicked immediately. I was like, oh, how the hell was I not paying attention to Sergeant at all? Like, this man is a one-line machine he's like oh you you new marines have it so easy back in my day we had two sticks and a rock and we had to share the rock i'm like oh my god how did this completely fly under the radar when i was trying to look for something different that wasn't there so once that clicked in i started really enjoying it and the reason for me, not liking the remastered graphics is that it doesn't feel like it fits. The graphic style for the anniversary games is what I thought Halo was before I finally understood what Halo was. That's interesting.
1: That's interesting. Like
0: I feel like it's the, the new graphic style feels like it takes itself too seriously. While at least the old style, because it is old and dated, just feels like this is whole. Po- this is fun we're just look there's gonna be some crazy space aliens there's a dude whose mandibles move in four different directions there's no way he should be able to make the sounds that he does with his voice but shut up go with it and you're like okay yeah you're in a goofy tone i'm not gonna take it that seriously that art style with the way that it dramatically tries to put every person like i don't even remember the was it the commander's daughter or something uh whatever she does I just feel like every single time I would switch over to the remastered graphics, I would look at her and she's doing something so serious. She's over here. She's typing out on her keyboard. And I'm just thinking, "Ah, this feels too serious. I don't like this. And then I would just go back to the normal graphics.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I understand that perspective. I guess, again, it kind of all goes back a little bit. Like, I put a little bit more stock into the Halo story. Like, I followed them. Like, I know up to at least Halo 3. So I can Mm. appreciate what they were trying to do with it. Like, especially the cutscenes. They're just so beautifully done. And it's no doubt more serious, more dark. And they definitely go that direction with it. But I really... I just, guess I felt a sort of appreciation to what they were trying to do and modernize it and make it more serious of a tone and kind of bring it into this century. So I I can understand wanting to be a purist and playing it on the original. In fact, I believe most people for Halo CE, the first one, I think they prefer playing it on the original one, but I even did that one in the new graphics. So I guess it comes down to personal preference for that one. Like really, at the end of the day, it's just kind of how you want to play your Halo. Do you know the technical reason why people preferred original Halo over the remastered? I believe it had something to do with like there were actually textures missing or something like that. Like you could there, there were areas that like weren't textured properly, so you could either drop or shoot the wrong thing if I recall. You are correct. <laughs> I feel like you understand it, but I'm going to explain it for
0: everyone else because I'm pretty sure yeah. there aren't many people who have played Halo. You could explain well, it better I'm sure too. That's such an insane statement. I just said there aren't that many people who have played Halo. But there are so many people who are in my family or friends who have not played Halo. Jesus. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Imagine if you were playing the exact same game. You were standing in the exact same spot and you were looking at a tree. And in one game, the tree has leaves that will block the bullets. And then there's one where the graphics don't even show leaves. Since you can swap back and forth between these two, while it may look like you can shoot through the tree because it doesn't have leaves. Technically, the leaves are still there. So if you were to shoot, the bullet wouldn't go through, but the game is like, no. But if you swap to the other graphics, there's a tree there that's blocking your sight. So in other words, the game had a new graphics system, but it didn't take into account, hey, if you're trying to shoot through this little crevice, that crevice is available. No, because the original game did not account for that crevice. So that's not there. Uh, so that's kind of the reason why people don't exactly like playing the remastered Halo one and instead play just the original one because it's accurate to what you're looking at.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. That's a lot bigger
0: a problem for sure. I mean, hell, there are some moments in that game that. Like, everyone talks about the bridge with the snipers. Like, that's ridiculous to get through. And if you're trying to catch every little crevice that you can to try and catch as many bullets as you can towards them, like, that's going to be hugely detrimental if you can't actually land shots. Absolutely. Now, Halo 2, there is one thing that I do have to praise the anniversary for, but not entirely. The redone music is is so
1: good oh my god it's fantastic
0: oh it's so annoying to me that i go back to the original and the music just sounds like it was midi and it sounds like it's running like at 128 kilobytes a second i'm like listen that game had a huge budget in 2001 it is 2020 and i'm recording it in like 320 kilobytes like vastly superior to what an xbox was doing 20 years ago that's insane And it bothers me so much that... No joke. What I started doing is that when I heard music slightly kick in in the original, I would swap over to Anniversary and just be like, look, I'll just deal with the way it looks. But this music, though, <laughs> it's too bad there wasn't an option to like have the new music with the old graphics. That would be kind of cool. Oh my God. If the new music was there, like I would be enjoying the game so much. But even at the end of the day, any single time that that game makes me go into a vehicle, I'm just so annoyed.
1: With every vehicle, not just the Warthog, I believe it's
0: called. Yeah, I don't know. It is every single vehicle. Anytime that I'm forced in there, I'm like, no, I just want to jump around, throw grenades and shoot. Anytime that I'm in a vehicle, I'm like, I don't want to be doing this. The only time I have fun is in the gigantic tank. Um, It's funny. I kept calling her Sheila because of red versus blue. So I was just like, oh man, I'm getting into the Sheila. I <laughs> loved driving that thing because it was so ridiculously powerful that everything you shoot becomes at the mercy of the physics engine and seeing the ghosts flip out whenever you hit them with that huge shell is so fucking funny to me. Like I'm just a five-year-old giddy and get like a toy flying up like <laughs> look at him. He's ragdolling out of it. And then you just keep shooting it
1: like that was the only fun i had in the vehicle and it wasn't even because of the vehicle i don't mind the vehicles necessarily like i don't mind vehicles in that type of game they just control like such shit i'm sorry but they do like the actual way like you have to control with the two analog stick it just feels so dated and i can't and it. that's what ruins it for me personally i don't like any game that doesn't let me just
0: press a button and accelerate if you make me use yeah, a joystick to I agree. move like oh why are you making me do this look at least just look i understand it's the early 2000s press a button to drive i understand triggers didn't make sense yet please don't put it to the joystick oh my god
1: yeah, I, I completely agree with that and i hope nobody ever does that in the future that seems like a 2000 thing and hopefully gone hopefully you hear me rocksteady fucking don't do it oh wait hold on we're six years late did they do it oh no, no don't you
0: remember that in the tank parts of the batmobile you couldn't it, accelerate oh my god i probably blocked that out of my mind to be honest <laughs> i'm so sorry that i brought up a repressed memory that
1: you had that got pulled out of me from halo oh god yeah okay yeah it's it's like flooding back to me right now fuck the batmobile anyway it's so sad because halo 2 and and arkham knight are now
0: in the same category of like man this game is so good don't make me fucking drive (laughs) it's sad but true uh halo 2 let me see game uh game do be fun graphics graphics be pretty but not what i want oh sound design that's because there's one thing i specifically wanted to shout out the soundtrack that was redone because shit that's just good i don't think i like the new sound effects oh no really why not for me there is there are brain paths that have been formed within me that when i hear the <laughs> of the plasma sword like it lets me know this is the fun zone you're about to have fun and hearing the new <laughs> Like, the hearing the new Plasma Sword, in my head, I'm like, this just isn't as exciting. Not only that, th- so that's the one where I think that is a huge downgrade. Uh, I feel like even Atmosphere, I feel like in the remake, they make it way more subtle, which makes sense. You know, the graphics are doing some of the work. But in Halo 2, since obviously, you know, you're working with 20, 2001 graphics, no, you know, not 2001, 2004. Oh, my God. If I've said 2001 so many times for Halo 2, I apologize in advance. Rate me later. (laughs) Um, Halo 2 2004. You know, it's still that era of graphics. I understand that most of the sound is going to do the hard work, but that's the thing. I like the hard work for sound. Like, even from, like, the brief hour that I played of Silent Hill 2, that game is still fucking horrifying because of the creepy-ass sound design that just infects you. I truly believe that when it comes to setting a tone, sound is very important, and I feel like Halo 2 OG has that over Halo 2 Anniversary, and it then gets knocked down hard because the graphics are putting the setting, and I don't care about the graphics, so...
1: So on the flip side of that, and I know you're going to be yep. not oh, surprised I know, by this, I know where you're going with this. Go for it. I didn't even notice. <laughs> That's honestly like, I, and I love the music in Halo, so I'm not playing it muted or anything like that. But if you told me that, wow, the, the plasma sword sounds different, I would have never believed you if you didn't say that. <laughs> so yeah (laughs) i I will say the
0: sound effects of the weapons sound damn good though like i did not play the campaign first when i heard the remastered sounds i was trying to get into a multiplayer match i was trying to do free-for-all and apparently no one in the fucking world oh no sorry no by matchmaking no one in the fucking u.s. was apparently playing free-for-all halo 2 or og so i was like you know what fine i guess i'll even put in halo 2 anniversary into the matchmaking and still no one in the fucking u.s. was still playing free-for-all But then finally, I got into one match in the US that's finally was playing free for all. And I didn't realize it was in the anniversary. I was like, oh, shit. okay, everything looks dark again. Yeah, this makes sense. (laughs) And I start using the BR and the BR has a crunchy sound to it. Like it's like I was like, holy shit, this sounds great. But I like this. Like, it's undeniable that the sound design in Halo 2 Anniversary for their weapons, except the sword, is better, but I still like the OG one, and I can't really explain why. And I don't think it's nostalgia, because the only two things I'm nostalgic about in this game is the sword and the shotgun, because I never used any other weapons. So I have no explanation as to why I like the original sound effects for all the guns as opposed to the anniversary one.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting. I think I'm not done Halo 2 yet. I've got a few missions left. So I don't know, maybe I'll try to play a level on the OG one and just... Kind of see if I could spot out some of these sound effect differences you're talking about. Because now I'm curious. Oh, the sword is probably the most insulting one. Because I
0: hold that sword near and dear to my heart. Like, for some reason, Bungie has given me my two favorite weapons of any video game ever. There is a shotgun in Destiny that, no joke, had it been in Destiny 2, I would have bought Destiny 2 day one. I was so heavy on the destiny train and I told myself just some arbitrary rule that if the invective shotgun is in destiny 2 day one I will buy it day one and continue the train. And then the invective was not there and I told myself thank god I'm off this train and then stopped.
1: Now you had that big a connection with the shotgun eh
0: oh you that shotgun was my fucking life. Like I'm gonna start I, calling you boozer. Uh, <sighs> But here's the thing. I'm always clothed. Damn, I fucking hate that. That's a meme now. I fucking hate it. Should have fucking stayed canceled. Okay. I love that invective shotgun. It had this crunchy sound to it that sounds like a lion biting into something and every other big cat just growling at the same time. Like, it's an Incredible sound, and the best part is, is that this shotgun would reload ammo naturally over time. So if you ran out of ammo, no, you didn't. Give it a couple of minutes. So that thing was dominant. That's That's my favorite shotgun. Yeah, I could see why. That is my definite favorite weapon. And then the sword. Hey, Bungie has created two of my favorite weapons, and this is the first time I've come to realize that. I love that sword. Everything about it. I love how if you're looking at an enemy who
1: is three stories above, you're like, eh, red reticle, I'm going to fucking fly! And just, oh. I don't know it, if there's a more satisfying feeling. It's very, very cool. The uppercutting that you do with this sword is just... Oh my
0: god. I love the animations where it just feels like you're like i'm going to plunge so deep into you that by the time it gets to the other side of your body you're gonna be dead
1: yep and then you can Ugh. turn around and see some limbs missing from the flood specifically it's it's pretty cool dude it's funny the last mission that i played was uh going for
0: the gondola uh through i don't even remember i think you're trying to go find the key or something i was fighting the flood and as the I arbiter really right sh- Yes, correct. Yeah, and okay. I really shouldn't have been using the sword because I was launching myself off of this gondola more often than not. Oh, I did the and same. I, but thing. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I told myself, I was like, but the sword is fun time, and I'm here to have fun. I don't care how many times I die. I know it's heroic, and one shotgun blast will kill me. I am here to have fun, damn it! And I just start slashing. Oh. You see, I feel
1: like I love talking about Halo more than playing Halo. <laughs> that's fair. It's a very fun game to play, which, again, not usually my type of game, but which I could appreciate these types of games. It's great. I'm now going to make the title not my type of game.
0: Yeah, fair. There you go. <laughs> no, because like, I just I I feel like as an introduction
1: for you, that's a good way to have it. Oh, how I just don't like fun. Yeah, totally. Oh,
2: no, no, no. <laughs> it's true, meant, by the like,
1: way. It's <laughs> No, I was going to say it feels
0: like every like it's it's a coin flip of if you'll say that about a game. Like it's not my
1: type of game. It's true. Well, I, I I talk about so many games that are not usually my type of game on here. It's I don't know. Maybe, maybe they are my type of fucking game. Who knows? I, look, uh, well, no, no, we'll we'll get there.
0: Well, uh, no, I'm going to drop it. I'm going to drop it. I'm going to drop it because I was about to talk about two of the movies, but I'm like, no, we're not going to get there. We'll <laughs> we'll get to my explanation then.
2: All right, All right, sounds good.
0: I feel like I made my peace with Halo 2. How about you? Yeah, great game. I like Halo. Gonna play more of it. All right. We'll probably talk about it in literally a month because, like I said again, I'm not recording on the 30th. That is time for me to relax and finish my second playthrough of Near Replicant. Yes, I said second. The game comes out on the 23rd. Watch me. So <laughs> uh that's Halo 2. Do we want to keep going with games? Uh, We can knock off mine if you want, because that's your only game, right? Uh, The other one is Habroxia. So if anything, we'll make a quick pit stop there. Uh, Habroxia, uh, highly recommended. Just because I want you to give Colin Moriarty money. I've played 10 minutes of it. That's it. I played 10 minutes. I pulled my Vita out during Easter. I played for it a little bit and then someone told me, "Hey, we can throw water balloons at children." I was like, "Fuck, yeah, we get to fuck up children. I'm in." And I put away my Vita. <laughs> so, uh, like, oh, you don't understand. I could throw water balloons at children all day. That's a oh, that's damn. a pastime for me. So, yeah, Abroxia, I don't really have much to say outside of, "Man, I'm bad at this. I don't think I know how to play this either." Like I I it's so weird whenever I get to a game where I'm like, But I've been playing games my entire life. How is it that I don't understand what I'm supposed to be doing? I would just keep playing and then die and then get more points and then upgrade and then get through it. I'm like, I feel like I'm playing this wrong, though, but I'm just going to keep playing anyways. But like I said, it was 10 minutes.
1: Just give Colin Moriarty money. okay? I like the guy just do that yeah he's a good guy Uh, funny enough you played more than i did i played about five minutes of anything Uh, and i had the same experience i'm like damn this is fun but holy shit in my bad at it so uh, i would like to get back to it definitely i actually i don't really play a lot of handheld games but i think this is one that would be better on handheld so i might actually dust off the vita at some point and give it a shot this is the perfect game that whenever you see someone pull out a gotcha game on their
0: phone you're like but we have the Vita, and we have Habroxia. 100%. Why are you still playing Fire Emblem on that thing? So, I don't know why Fire Emblem was the first gotcha the game that came up to me. There's so many others, but yet, I'm just going to leave that one in.
1: Um, alright, so yeah, Habroxia, that's pretty much my games. I hand it off to you. Sure, so, start at the top here, uh, Persona 4 Golden. Uh, we were oh. talking about it last week. Uh, I have finished it. Uh, it's mm. really fucking good. Mm. Yeah. It's really fucking good. Uh, How good, you ask me? Well, I'm not allowed to give scores here on Pass the Pickles. I've been banned from that. Uh, Um, No, no, what are you talking about? (laughs) I literally just tune myself out. You can go ahead and give a number. I'm just going to be convulsing over here. (laughs) It's fine. I will say this. It's a top 15 game of all time for me. That's where the score put it in. So I have a lot of appreciation for Persona 4 Golden. A lot of people told me before I played this game, hey, look, the characters are better in Persona 4 than Persona 5, but... But I think the story of Persona 5 is better than Persona 4. I agree with that to a T. I think the characters in Persona 4 Golden, especially the main cast of characters, are actually quite a bit better than the characters in Persona 5. But I do prefer the story overall in Persona 5. That being said, yeah, Persona 4 Golden is just phenomenal. It's the type of game that once you finish it, you beat it. It sticks with you for a while. Huh. You're still kind of thinking about it in the back of your mind, and that's why I did Persona Four Dancing right after it. It's just so I could kind of ease myself off of the Persona train. For me, now we're gonna go into
0: talking out of my ass territory because Persona Four Golden is something that I beat in 2015, I think, and I beat Persona Five in 2017, and then I beat Royal in this past December. So they are spread too far out for me to be able to compare anything outside of base Persona 5 and Persona 5 Royal. Now, just because we are already talking about Persona, here's my weekly reminder. Not even weekly, whatever. Here's my Persona reminder. If I catch you playing Persona 3, if I catch you playing Persona 4, and I catch you playing Persona 5, the base versions, I will find you and I will donate money to the poor ass that you are so you can afford the right version because there is no reason for you to spend almost triple digit hours in a game and not play the full version. Amen. That's my soapbox. All right. Everyone vote Amen. for me in the next primaries. Um, okay. Now going out from there, talking out of my ass territory. I think the further I get away from the games, I think I enjoy Persona 4 Golden more than Persona 5 Royal, but I think that Persona 5 Royal has so many great quality of life changes that there is no way I could ever rank Persona 4 Golden higher than Persona 5 Royal. And it always hurts me to come to that realization. You said it was a top 15 game from you. I specifically have my honorable mentions and my top seven games listed by actual sequential order. Like there are some games that I do have over others. Persona 4 Golden is number 18 and Persona 5 Royal for me is number 17. Like it is, I swear, if Persona 4 Golden ever gets a remake with the quality of life changes that Persona 5 Royal has, there will be no reason for me to ever question which one i prefer and that's persona 4 golden i for some reason found that persona 3 from the little bit that i played and persona 5 i don't like the serious tone of teens trying to uh, help society and all that like i i like the vibe of persona 4 golden when it's just this small little cozy town that is just a small group of people, and everyone that you talk to is pretty much the entire town. Like, there isn't really strangers there. And I really like that more as opposed to just being a teenager in Tokyo.
1: Yeah, that's totally fair, boy. I think the nice thing about Persona 4 Golden 2 is it really does feel more local, more cozy just more down to earth in a sense like persona Mm. 5 and don't get me wrong i like persona 5 more overall so i'm not trying to knock persona 5 but persona Mm. 5 just feels so much larger than life the stakes are really Mm. massive and they're big in persona 4 golden too but persona 4 golden just feels a lot more down to earth so i could totally Mm. understand that perspective whenever i think a persona 5 royal i think man that
0: was such a damn good game When I think Persona 4 Golden, I think, man, I miss those people. And there's something about the fact that I recall these games so vastly different like that is just how I find myself loving Persona 4 Golden more. And the more I talk about it, I'm almost thinking, you know what? Fuck the gameplay changes. Maybe I do prefer Golden over Royal. But then I remember that the gameplay royal is so sublime that I'm like, I don't think I can go that far,
1: though. I do wonder, though, how much of it, and, I, and I've kind of spouted this theory off a little bit before, a lot of it reminds me Which one's me, your first one? Yeah, the Doctor Who theory, which, if, if you don't know what that is, Doctor Who's a fantastic British television show uh, Oh but, no, no, I know what it is, it's uh, the Final Fantasy theory. Yeah, exactly, exactly it's similar to that, it's basically whatever you kind of played first is the one that you're going to gravitate towards loving, and it started with Doctor Who because you change the Doctor every couple of years so it's whoever Doctor you grow up with with and you kind of gravitate towards that's the one you like and I still kind of feel that might be similar with Persona because I'm always going to have a special heart of Persona 5 Royal now a special place in my heart for that game introducing me to the series so even when Persona 6 comes out I don't know it's going to be tough for me I don't know if I want to it is a thing
0: but I wish there was a way to prove it because <sighs> For me, where I feel like the proof breaks it for me is because having played three as well as five, I feel like three and five are way closer on the same footing. And f- three and five are the goth kids of the family. And for some reason, Persona 4 Golden is like the preppy kid that actually, <laughs> you know, cares about school. So, like, I think for some reason, no matter how much I love depressing shit, For some reason, Persona 4 Golden hits that right tone for me of complete bounciness that I'm like, I yes, I undeniably love this so much. And that's totally fair. It's so hard for me to want. Like, that's the thing. If I hadn't played Persona 3, I'd probably be like, yeah, you're probably right. It's because it's the first one I played. But because I've even played some of 3 and it has some of the same tone as 5, I feel like that's where the moment goes, okay, but... If it's both of them, then it is that I like 4 more. But then again, the devil's advocate is saying, well, if 3 is like 5, then of course you're going to side with 4 because you're just going to say 3 is 5. So at that point, you're just separating them. If 6 has a bouncy tone and I like 4 more than 6 then that's when I feel like I'm ready to accept the Final Fantasy theory, the Doctor Who theory, the the series entry
1: theory. Yeah, you could be totally correct. And to be fair, I haven't played Persona 3. So I might have a completely different outlook on this too after I play Persona 3, uh, which I think I'm taking a bit of a Persona break and giant JRPG break in general. So I think it's going to be a next year game for me now, but I'll get to it eventually. Persona 4, golden. It's
0: so special. I'm never going to play No, hold on. I will play it at some point. I bought a fucking TV for it.
1: <laughs> yeah, really good game. And uh, it kind of segues well, I guess. Unless, did you have anything else to say about Persona 4 Golden?
0: No, no, no. Tell me about dancing, because I remember looking at it and thinking, wow, what the fuck is that? And then now slightly regretting it, <laughs> because every single Vita game is now a $1,000 sealed.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, so I played Persona 4 Dancing on my PS4, actually, because you can't get it on PS4 digitally. So I did get it on there. Uh, probably a better game for Vita, wait. though, if you like handheld gaming. Wait, hold on. How'd you get it on... Oh, d- wait, wait. Okay, how did you get Persona 4 Dancing on PS4? It's uh, digital. Wait, wait, there's a separate digital SKU for it? Like, just alone? I believe... Oh, no, you know what? I bought a bundle that had all three. So I just assumed you could buy it separately. I remember that they did the dancing for 3 and
0: 5, and there was no separate 4 dancing port to PS4. But if you bought 3 and 5 together, it came with a code for 4. And I remember that specifically because there were people freaking out like maybe a month or two ago that the codes were expiring, and the codes did actually expire. So that meant like the only way to get it was gone. But then they reactivated the code. So it, it was completely fine. But I still think after that, the only way to get it was to still buy the digital bundle of
1: three and five. So you're so, correct. I just looked it up. So you're right. So there's a, there's a something called the Persona Dancing the Endless Night Collection. Um, yeah. It was on sale like for... 20 bucks canadians so i bought it it was cheap but yeah you're right it comes with persona Shit. 3 persona 4 and persona 5 uh, i guess you can't just buy persona 5 te- or persona 4 separately interesting i did not know that so. 20 bucks for three persona oh, dancing games fuck. yeah like i really wanted a physical copy of it but when i saw it was 20 bucks i was like well fuck it i'm not gonna <laughs> i'm not gonna turn down yeah. 20 bucks that's too cheap
0: yeah that one hurts because i can tell you right now like oh by the way do you have okay so obviously there are plastic cases steel books and digi cases how do you feel about digi cases Uh, i'm sorry what is a digi case oh okay sorry okay uh do you know that have you ever had a movie or a game That is a booklet, and then you open it up, and then that's where the disc is. Oh,
1: okay. You know what's so funny about this? This is hilarious. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that was the name for it. So I was Mm -hmm. at my local EB Games recently. Shout out to them. Uh Um, And I was looking, and they had a Yakuza Six special edition. I'm like, oh, is this a steelbook? Because I'm probably gonna buy this because I only have a digital. It was like thirty bucks. I'm like, fuck it though. I want the physical copy Mm -hmm. of this. And I grab it, and I pull it out, and I'm like, this is a booklet what the fuck is this? And I flip yeah. through and you can put your disc in there. I'm like, well, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. So yes. to answer your question, no, I think it's dumb. Okay, perfect. I'm in the same realm as
0: you because I fucking hate the books. Why are you going to fuck with the spine? It is the thing that you stare at the most. Fuck up the box art. All you want.
1: Do not touch the spine. And give the, me a, Oh my God. Give me a separate art book. Like that's what everybody else yeah. does. You do a separate art book. God bless
0: 13 Sentinels for doing it. Like, they actually have a separate art book that slips in front of the actual case and then has a slipcover on top of it, holding it all together.
1: That's the way you do it. Dragon Rapa, uh, V3, the original release, did that too. <sighs>
0: oh my god, just just do that. Atlas, you understand. I don't res- Wait, no, hold on. It's still at... No, no, hold on. No, no, no. Vanilla Ware. Wait, no, but Atlas still published that, so... Oh, did they? Yeah, no, no, uh, Vanillaware was published by, At. No, no, sorry, 13 Sentinels was developed by Vanillaware, and it was published by Atlas, okay. and that was the main reason I had gotten it for you, because Atlas games dry up real fucking quick, so I was like, yeah. yes, I do know that, so if you, if you didn't jump in and Canada was completely out of copies, I was like, well, we yeah, need to fun. do this now or it's not happening.
1: Yeah, and you know me how I like my physical copies. Which, by the way, did just circle back to what you said about the spine, fucking up the spine? When I was putting all my steelbooks together, I talked to you about this earlier. The Catherine steelbook has nothing on the spine, and that drives me absolutely nuts.
0: Wait, wait, do you... No. Wait, did you buy the super special edition or just no. the steelbook launch? Just the steelbook launch. Oh, you you got you Canadians got fucked. Oh Did God. yours have something on the spine? Yeah, no, no. I the steel book is there, and then there's a plastic slip cover. Not not the cardboard slip cover. Oh, there's no a, no. can we have that too. Oh wait. Oh, you mean
1: on the actual on the steel book itself. itself? Yes, because I like to have my steel book separately without the plastic piece on it. Wait. Oh, you're you're raw dogging the steel books oh yeah always oh 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 no no where do you put them i just put them near each other is it why did they get scratched that easily
0: no no i mean like this the slip cover to the steel book like you just put that
1: somewhere like well i put them aside so not every steel book comes with that slip cover so it's kind of i don't like the inconsistency of it so i just take them all off normally like the only ones that i have i have Steelbooks, and the only ones that actually came with the slipcover were Yakuza Kawami 2 and Catherine. You're not wrong. It did annoy me for a small
0: period of time when I had an early amount of steelbooks that I had a Last Guardian steelbook that didn't have the blue PS4 tag at the very top of the spine. So I get that, but I'm also a psychotic person that even for things that have a cardboard wrapping on it, I cannot bring myself to throw away. So, for example, I tried to buy a 4K copy of avengers infinity war and someone sent it to me and for some reason it was a fucking blu-ray copy of avengers 2 and i was like <laughs> how did you It's wait how did you get a 4k copy of infinity war mixed up for age of ultron on blu-ray and here's the thing it wasn't even a blue case it wasn't a black case it was a red ass case and i was like how did you even get this mixed up I got a refund. I was fine, and then I gave away the movie. But the slip cover of Infinity War was on the case for Age of Ultron, and I could not understand why that happened. All I know is that I still have that slip cover because I don't have it in my heart to throw it out away. I bought a copy of Anchorman on Blu-ray that came with a cardboard slip on it that said hey get a free ticket for anchorman 2 in theaters now in december of 2013 and i still don't have it in myself to throw it away
1: i have that I'm same anchorman oh my god <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have that same one that's absolutely hilarious is it the trading card one
1: yes yes
0: i can't bring myself to open it
1: <laughs> yeah me neither i've never opened it either <laughs>
0: Like, I can If it's a slipcover on a case, I keep it. I put it off to the side somewhere where I can't see it, or else it'll drive me
1: insane. Oh, so I still have that. I, I so just to be clear, I did not throw out my slipcovers. Oh, they're still, oh they're I still, know. they're still to the side. I just wish, like, I would like to keep them off because I like the uniformity better. I just wish the Catherine one said Catherine on it. That's all. I'm so
0: infuriated with that Catherine steelbook because it is the cheapest of steelbook. Like the one that doesn't have like an actual spine on it is so baffling to me. Which is a shame because the art on it's really nice. Yo, the art is gorgeous. I mean, of course, it's P Team. Well, okay, not P Team Studio Zero, but whatever. It's (laughs) but Studio Zero is a smaller team of P Team. Shut up. Okay, it's P Team. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, that is Atlas's golden goose. Like, I don't understand why Catherine didn't get the red carpet treatment that obviously Persona got. Oh, it deserved it. It's a great game. <sighs> oh, my
1: God. Uh we're not wrong, that's... How the hell did we get to Steelbooks? Yeah, Persona 4 Dancing. So, uh, anyways. Oh yeah, <laughs> Digibook. Yeah, screw <laughs> Digibook. Yeah, screw Digibook. Yeah, fuck
0: Digibooks. I had one for Rise of the Tomb Raider, and I did not like that
1: game, and I'm pretty sure it all started once I realized it was a Digibook and not a Steelbook. Oh, I agree with that. If I get a game and they end up sending me a Digibook, I'm getting off to a bad start with that game, let me tell you. <laughs> that's so arbitrary what's going to put me off from a game. <laughs> I, hey, I agree with you. But anyways, <laughs> back to Persona 4 Dancing. So, yeah, uh, dancing. <laughs> Yeah. So here's the thing about Persona 4 Dancing. So to, I'll preface this with this. I played Persona 5 Royal, and then right after Persona 5 Royal, I jumped into Persona 5 Dancing. And I really appreciated it because it was just, you got to hear all the music again, rhythm game. You kind of did a little bit of social links in there, did some story building with the characters. Really casual, really fun time. So it's like, yeah, that's exactly what I want for Persona 4 Dancing. Let's get into it boy is, was i wrong it's a 10 hour super serious visual novel story about more depth and them all getting back together and i was like i was not fucking expecting this at all <laughs> so yeah i still liked it it was still fun still got to listen to the music one more time which is fantastic but do not expect a casual rhythm game out of that because it's not It's
0: so weird hearing that because it just reminded me of what happened with me after playing Persona 4 Arena. I remember getting it and I was thinking, ah, well, you know what? I'm a little bit into fighting games right now. That was around the period that I had gotten off of Mortal Kombat 9. I had gotten in Injustice and I was like, hey, you know what? I'm I'm a little bit talented in fighting games right now. Let's get into this. So I got Persona 4 Arena and I remember playing it and I was like, Oh this there's a there's a story here and then I found out it was also a crossover with Persona 3, which I was playing at that time and I wasn't even really connecting with those characters so I was like, oh I really don't think this is for me and then I kept putting hours into it and then it just I was like I'm gonna put this down I'll come back. That was while I was still living at my parents' house. (laughs) And uh, the PS5 was non-existent, and I don't even think the PS4 Pro was existent. So, uh, safe to say I never got back to it, but at least (laughs) I got my money from selling it. Like, I did not lose a dollar on it.
1: (laughs) That's good. That's good. It's funny, too, you mentioned that, because I actually want to go back and play the Persona 4 fighting game at some point. Not now, but at some point. I feel like you should put that
0: off if for some reason Persona 3 actually does get a remake and we live in a universe that occasionally gives us a fucking bone, you know, then I feel like that's the time to break out Persona 4 Arena because at that point you're going to be getting two casts of characters that you really like. So that'll probably help you out.
1: That's a really good point, actually, because I might Mm -hmm. what I might do is I'll do Persona 3 then the Persona 3 dancing game and then if I wanted to and I really like those characters, I could just jump right into the fighting game. Yeah, that's the thing. Of course, <laughs> what is my opinion about this game if I just put in that that
0: like I didn't even put that much. I just realized it was something that I wasn't feeling. I don't think it's a uh, mark against the quality of the game. But I feel like that is something that I have enough investment in to be like, yeah, that's probably the best chance you can give it is after playing Golden and Persona 3 of any form, except the base one, as we've established.
1: Correct. 100%. <laughs> so yeah, Persona 4 Dancing, uh, honestly, I don't have too much to say about it. It's fun. It's casual. I mean, if you don't like visual novels, you're going to hate this game. But the music carries that I don't really love visual novels, but it, the music is good enough. I was like, okay, let's go through this. Let's have one more adventure with these characters because I'll probably never touch them again. So
0: I am right now looking up your Affection P4 Dancing. Oh,
1: oh, and so I'm good. going
0: to keep this tab open for later. I'm not going to listen to it right now or else it'll be just three minutes of me going,
2: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's content. Mm. Content. I'm going to turn it to DMX. <laughs> 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 rest Rest in peace dmx DMX. god you gave us so much
1: entertainment i just i started
0: barking around my house once i heard that he died i was like i'm just going to like i'm gonna fucking let loose
1: that's the best way even
0: my wife joined that's the best way you can honor him i'm sorry i I said that out loud of me barking around the house and then my wife joining me and i just imagine what kind of freaky fucky sex shit that my neighbors probably thought we were doing (laughs) (laughs) oh my god the reading newspaper like what the I've never seen, have you ever seen them walk a dog? I've never seen them. What the fuck's going on in there? <laughs> uh, all right, that's games, uh, at least on my end. I assume Persona 4 Dancing was the last game you had?
1: No, uh, one more game. Uh, short one, oh, though. Okay. Uh, what, what Remains what? of Edith
0: Fitch? Ooh, now please tell me about this one because uh, no, I, no, I'm so I always so close to talking about my connection to this game, but the, if if you go into spoilers, then I'll mention it.
1: Okay, so what remains of Edith Finch is a small little independent game. Um, And honestly, I had a really, really good time with it. Um, I didn't know really what to expect. Uh, Generally, games like this that are, you know, three hours or less, they're kind of hit or miss for me sometimes because, you know, I'm a story person. You don't get a lot of time to connect and kind of do a good narrative with that sort of thing. But I have to say this one was just really good. Uh, The story I thought was absolutely beautiful Game design. You know, I don't, I know you mentioned spoilers, so I don't really want to do too much in spoilers because I feel like this is the type of game that a lot of people will just be like, oh, fuck it, I'll listen to this. I'm never going to play it. But I really think you should try this game and try to keep it away from spoilers. Uh, It's on Xbox Game Pass. It's uh, on PS Plus, if you've had PS Plus at that certain point. So there's a lot of ways to get this game for free and play it. But yeah, like the game design is just really cool. The way they kind of weave some of the music into here is really great. The only complaint I really had about the game so minor spoilers each character you basically meet in the game has their own separate little story section and they kind of change the gameplay loop a little bit for each part of that and some of them i feel are a little bit lackluster compared to some but yeah overall i just really enjoyed my time and my experience with that fantastic game all right now talk to me what is the the first
0: two if you were writing a blurb on the back of the box for this game and i'm reading this what would be on there to make me go oh wow yeah this sounds interesting i should play this
1: what would i say i would probably say can i do three words
0: so you know how whenever you flip the back of the box it just has like like oh oh On a quest for revenge, this man will go to the ends of the earth, blah, 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 blah. Like, like what is the thing that the developer would put on the back of the box to say... Hey, this is the best way we can sell our game. Hey, aren't you interested from the hook that we wrote in here? Don't you want to take our <laughs> game up to the register? Like, like what that's the thing. I'm trying to guide you into a way to spoiler free explain what the game is, but without telling you, you know, like, hey, just spoiler free.
1: I mean, the <laughs> this is gonna sound really bad, but the best way I could put it is kind of life sucks yo so spend some of that time playing this game <laughs> and i know that's and i know fuck that sounds <laughs> i know that sounds ridiculous but the, 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 the uh, okay this isn't really a spoiler just basic premise of the story but the story kind of revolves around this family that feels like they're cursed and all this really bad shit happens to them and it basically is just yeah life fucking sucks. like And keep happening. But it has a very poignant message at the end, I feel, and it's really good.
0: Oh, I love life sucks stories.
1: Yeah, (laughs) honestly. Well, Ed, you're a fan of Depressed in Games, so you really should try this game at some point. This will be right up your fucking alley. All right. Okay. Now
0: we're going to, I'm going to jump into spoilers because I do want to talk to Addy Brandon Musinton about this one. So, three, two, one. My only experience with Edith Finch is that I had the Unfinished Swan on PS3. I had this game. I think I bought it because it was around the same time when PlayStation was putting out Indies Hard. And I think there were three indie games that were released around the same time that they put on the same pedestal. I don't remember the third one, but the two other games were the unfinished Swan and fucking journey so i was like okay if you are being put in that pantheon i owe it to myself to buy it so i bought it and i never played it i put like an hour or two into it and i was like i'm enjoying this and then i just never came back to it now what ended up happening i remember is that i think i watched the movie sinister very late at night and Sinister is <laughs> is a solid horror movie. I enjoy it. It can get under your skin. I remember it finished, and it was like 1 a.m., and I was like, I don't think I'm ready to go to sleep. bro.
1: <laughs> Bagul to- is watching, after all. <laughs>
0: Bagul is staring at me right now from the <laughs> peripheral of my eye, no matter where I turn. It's like <laughs> that little eye squiggle that is in your eye, that no matter where you look, it goes in the opposite direction. That is Bagul for me at this moment as we're speaking (laughs) fuck you bagul and then i got lisa on the other side fuck i'm making this worse for myself oh god
1: shout out to sinister and pt really good movie good game. god can you imagine the horrific baby those two would push out i don't even want to think about it i
0: don't i've put this image in my head now and now i've got lisa on one side and bagul on the other and the horrific baby in front of me oh i'm not you're not sleeping tonight I'm really not. Okay, I was going somewhere with this. (laughs) I was not ready to go to sleep. (laughs) Yeah, I was ready to go. I was not ready to go to sleep. And I put on the Unfinished Swan because the Unfinished Swan, have you played it at all?
1: No, I haven't.
0: The Unfinished Swan is a very novel game. It is a first-person view, technically a shooter since you're shooting things into the environment. It is a first-person shooter that the environment starts in a blank spot and you shoot paint to show you the environment and you figure out the story by putting paint around on things and then it is told in a storybook perspective. So there's a narrator that is reading you the story as you're unraveling it. That's really cool. Yeah. And I remember playing it and I was like, oh, I'm feeling this. Yeah. And then I got to a certain point where I was in darkness and I was like, oh, this is not the thing I want to play right now. And so then I i put on Modern warfare 2 multiplayer i was like i need something that does not involve darkness whatsoever so uh, that'll it. do it that'll do it That's the thing. it's a storybook game that has nothing to do with horror but it was in darkness enough and that was enough for me like i can do it straight down so okay that is spoilers that is that is spoilers anything else you want to talk about Edith finch
1: no uh just definitely give it a check out at some point i think it's a really good game Really cool. Support those developers if you can, uh, especially independent developers uh, worth checking out. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So yeah,
0: I, I think that's the games then.
1: Um, that is all the games I have. Shall we go into TV? Let's go.
0: All right. Now we're going to hit this hard, but not really because it's not like going to be like I have too much to say. I watched two episodes of The Leftovers. It was the Nora episode and then the episode after with Kevin's dad. I am not going to go too much into it. I've already praised this show to high heaven and back. It is good show. Nora is the anchor that holds down this show. And no matter where Carrie Coon goes, if she is going to be acting in it, that is enough for me to want to check it out. The very next episode is just very good, very confusing. It's definitely reminding me that I do not remember everything about this show, so I don't even remember if it leads somewhere. But even if it doesn't, the fact that I love the show so much lets me know that it does not matter if it does or not. So, there we go. That's The Leftovers. Uh, Anything that you want to add from those two episodes? Just watch The Leftovers. Guys, if you are actually even listening to this, you've heard me and you've heard Dorian over here talk about The Leftovers. Why? Why? I'm not going to
1: finish that sentence. I'm just going to leave it at why. Moving on. What was your TV show? <laughs> uh, Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot. So I actually, yeah, I got a little bit more to say about it than what you just said of the leftovers, but not a ton. Basically, I finished season two. So when we last left off, I had a few episodes left of season two. That's done yep. now. And I did watch the first episode of season three. So hmm. I made a little bit more progress in that. Um, and overall, it's good. Uh, here's the thing that I, I will knock it for and i'll Hmm. say this i found season one was very good season one was fantastic hooked me into the show i liked it especially by the end of it season two was a rocky road i think it was still good overall it had more ups than downs but it did have its downs oh yeah the problem with that for me is not to sound like an elitist or anything like that but my time is valuable and i spend most of my time
0: I'm going to pause you right there. Sure. Your time does not regenerate. There is no reason to ever say you are an elitist by saying it does not deserve (laughs) your time. If it does not deserve your time, that is your fucking time. There is no one that can tell you how to use your time. That's all I have to say. No, you're accurate. You're
1: totally right about that. So my time is valuable and I have little of it. And and honestly, at the point where there's so much media to consume, I've got, I'm, you know, mostly into gaming these days, but I do want to watch TV shows. (laughs) If something's just good for me, that's not enough for me to carry on with it. Now, all of that being said, everything I've heard about season three and season four is that it's absolutely phenomenal. So I'm definitely going to keep up with it. And season three, the first episode already solved a lot of my problems. It hooked me in. I'm in it for the long haul. So I'm very excited to finish this show, but, Overall, that's how I thought about Season 2. Definitely excited for the next season and to see where it goes.
0: Now, I did want to say this just because the sentiment that you have about Season 2, like even you've said, that it is one that people just are ready to say is the lowest point of the series. Not only that, Season 1, I think either... No, no. Whatever the award is for shows... Academy? No. Is it Academy Awards? No, those are the oh, Oscars. Oh,
1: the Golden Globes, Emmys, Emmys, Emmys.
0: yeah. Uh, I think Mister Robot season one had won an Emmy. I think no, no. I think it won a Golden Globe for best series, and then I think uh, Elliot uh, Rami Ismail. No, that's the Rami that's Malek. The creator. Rami Malek. Yes, Rami Malek. Oh wait, no, Rami Ismail is that ass hat? Oh shit. <laughs> Yeah, you're thinking of a completely <laughs> different guy No, 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 sorry I'm thinking of the talented one um... <laughs> Fuck <laughs> Oh, now I forgot his name Because I had to make the joke <laughs> Rami Malek Oh Rami
1: wait, Malek. that's
0: why That's why The show was created by Sam Esmail, Esmail. Yeah, And it stars the... yeah. Rami Malek yeah. Rami Esmail Rami smail. Fuck! How
1: dare you? You just created a super person.
0: No, that's the thing. Rami Esmail is that dumbass is trying to get thirteen. Uh, I oh, know. I was to say thirteen sentinels. <laughs> He's I to know. Get thirteen sentinels canceled.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, oh, he probably wouldn't like that either.
0: <laughs> <laughs> They're trivializing life. Oh <sighs> God! I can tell it's late. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
1: No, no. Rami... Let's not waste
0: oxygen on that guy. <laughs> i'm so tempted to cut it out but the fact that i'm losing my mind it's it's good content (laughs) um yeah rabbi malik had gotten an emmy nomination and a win off of season one and that got the word out for mr robot very hard so it hurts the most that you have season one of mr robot be such a huge hit winning all these awards and people are like oh shit this mr robot i'm gonna watch season two and they're presented with season two and you're like oh no this was your best chance to get people in the door and you give them the weakest part of the show which is arguably the first three to six episodes of season two and i'm like oh no it was so hard for the duration of season three to recommend it to people. Cause like, ah, what about season two? I'm like, Oh, mm. but once season four hit and landed the, the final episode, I was like, I'm going to beat the drum on this show. So fucking hard to make up for that because season two, first part, you just, you just gotta get through it. Like it's not bad by any stretch of the imagination, but it's bad compared to what you got in season one.
1: No, like I said, it's good. It's a good show. Season two is good. It's just that's not enough for me. But oh yeah, I've heard it gets exponentially better. So for me,
0: TV shows, I usually have a rule that if I feel like the entire season is wasted, I will drop out. Like if you wasted an entire season of show, like I, I'm, I'm out. For example, if I am starting a new TV show. Usually, I give you the pilot to intrigue me, but it's thin ice for the rest of the season. If the season ends up good, I will stick with it for an entire season. If you fuck up for an entire season, good luck trying to get me back. Yeah, that's fair. But for me, if the first season... Like, the first season, I'm ready out the door at a moment's notice. But thankfully mr robot had a strong enough season it built up enough goodwill that i got through season two now here's the thing i watched this show live pretty much the entire time so season two was extra rough of just getting week to week of like yeah nothing really happened huh either way mr robot fucking good (laughs) anything else you want to
1: add i i think i'm excited to definitely continue on with it i Really fascinated to see where it goes. And just to reaffirm what I said, Rami Malek is the best part of that show. He just needs to be in it more. So, Yeah. All right. That's TV, I think, right? That's it for me for TV. All right. So,
0: movies. Uh I am going to save my two controversial ones for the <laughs> end. Oh,
1: yeah. We're going to g- have a conversation about that. <laughs> no,
0: trust me. I know. I'm ready to go to the <laughs> yeah. trial for that yeah. one. Uh, <laughs> I will... I am willing to start off with both Bond movies. I will package those together, go into Tenet, and then go into the two controversial ones. Would you like to
1: start, or would you like me to start with the Bonds? Uh, I can start. Let's start. Oh, okay. uh, let's. Yeah. So, actually, I think this will be a good little prelude to Bond. I watched a, a Thai movie uh, called Ong Bak. So, I don't actually have too much to say about it, honestly. Uh, have you ever heard of the movie, I guess, first of all? Let me, let's me let start there. I have Well, okay. I've
0: heard of it and I just know it is a thing like that. That's about it. I've never stopped to investigate what it actually is. The fact that you say it's a kung, well, kung fu movie, I'm going to be a fucking stupid American and just say kung fu, even though it's probably a different martial arts style. Martial
1: arts, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, kung, that kung fu movie? Yeah, fair enough. Hey, I would say that. I, I think it might be more, uh, I'm going to say this wrong, Mu-Tai? How do, you, how do you say that? Uh, Mai-Tai? Mai-Tai. Yeah, I think it's more Mai-Tai. But anyways, mm-hmm. um, here's the thing. So uh, let me explain to you how I got this movie. Remember that awful movie, Jiu-Jitsu, I talked about? I'm doing yes. air quotes talking about last week. So there's a gentleman in that movie named Tony Ja and uh and i might be saying his name wrong but tony jaw and tony jaw is awful in that movie but every uh, i had a friend (laughs) that was like hey redeem tony jaw in your mind and watch on box so i did watch on on box and actually it's really good you know the story it's weird the story was just kind of bubblegum for me i didn't really care about that it's all about the action sequences and the set pieces in that movie but they're really done well in that movie like the fight scenes in that movie are really fantastic like and the movie's from 2003 so it's about, you know nearly 20 years old now 18 years but it still yeah, holds still up really that. well yeah i know right <laughs> getting old <laughs> but yeah it, it holds up really well um and it's just a lot of fun it's okay i'm
0: going to take it in a different direction just because this is pretty much the only connection i have to kung fu movies i don't like the Ip Man movies. Now, I assume it's just because I have one meme-centric, stupid reason to not like them. There's a scene in the original Ip Man where he is underneath, like, I assume, Japanese occupation. And they're forcing the Chinese to fight for their entertainment. And Ip Man just starts beating the shit out of them. And they're like, hey, if you beat ten men, we'll give you ten rice. Keep in mind, Japanese occupation, like the the Chinese are suffering really horribly right now. They can't really get food or survive or anything like that. So, it Man destroys these men, and they're like, here's your ten bags of rice, you know, take it to your family. And then he goes, nah, that's alright, my wife and kid can eat my honor instead of the fucking rice. And I was like, you <laughs> absolute <laughs> moron. You have an obligation to your wife and kid. And this man doesn't do shit for his family the entire movie. And it bothers me so fucking much for a detail that does not matter that it tainted the rest of the movies. Because I'm thinking this man is so fucking stupid that he's handed rice. He's like, no, my honor will feed my family. I'm like, you stupid motherfucker. Ah. Just, does Ong Bak have anything like that that makes
1: you go, wow, this guy's an idiot. All he can really do is punch. Ha ha ha. No, it's actually pretty well done from that perspective. Like it's kind of just your typical movie where he's on a quest to fix them wrong, doing that sort of thing. So, okay. uh, and yeah, there's definitely some bonehead things he does in the movie, but overall it's actually shot and done pretty well. And then I found it afterwards. That's actually a trilogy of movies. So I do plan on watching She's... the second one. At some something, yeah, of course. Right. So I, I do plan on watching the second one at some point. I enjoyed the first one enough. So. Okay, good enough. that's the thing. I it makes me so
0: sad because I can't even I don't even remember the choreography to it man after that moment
1: because I was just fuming the entire time. So yeah, that would yeah. piss me off too. I that's <laughs> stupid. Dude, now your honor man, I need some rice.
0: Dude, your wife is starving. You have a kid who's bedridden. he can use the rice. No amount of honor is going to make your kid better. <laughs> oh. although i do love that it man is the chinese rocky because in the first movie he defeats japanese occupation i think in the second one he defeats the russian communists and then i think in the third one he defeats british imperialism and i'm like oh my god you guys are just remaking chinese rocky 4 this is incredible that, that is that is actually a great idea <laughs> Now, if I know that it might be a high bar, I don't think On Bach is going to punch Kim Jong-un in the face or anything, but, you know, if he's out here and not trying to say that his honor is going to save the day, I might have to watch it.
1: Yeah, it's it's good. good It's definitely very good choreography, very good fight scenes. So if you're ever looking, and for you, Ed, and for anyone listening, if you're ever just looking for a movie to just kind of, you know what, I want to sit back and watch some dudes punch each other, it's a good choice.
0: Now, that means it is third in line for once I actually get into that. No, no, hold on. Mm, you know what? I'm just going to say third because I'm going to consider John Wick gunfu instead of oh, kung fu. John Wick is good shit. I watched the first one. I haven't Same. watched the second one or the third one because I haven't had the itch for it yet. And I'm Same. waiting for that moment. I, if I want to watch a kung fu movie, the next one I will watch is The Raid, Redemption, and then The Raid 2, and then Ong Bak. Perfect. I'll take it. Mm. All right. Now, shall you know? screw it? Let's shake things up. Let's alternate. I'm going to take for here right now. That sentence was butchered. I'm going to leave it. Tenet. Tenet. I feel like the sentence I said makes as much sense as tenet. (laughs) That is mean. That is wrong. That's 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 mean. I, I, having watched it again, my opinion of enjoyment has changed my opinion on the movie hasn't now i still don't think tenet is that good however now adjusting my expectations of knowing i'm not going to understand it no matter how much i try i enjoyed it way more as just christopher nolan saying hey, the Broccoli family isn't going to, like, me make a Bond movie that is going to get this fucking weird, so fuck it, I'll just do it myself. <laughs> like, that is now how I view
1: Tenet. That's fair. I really like Tenet. Definitely more than you do, but I also think less than most of Nolan's other movies. Now, here's the thing. I do like Tenet. I do like it. It's just that
0: I don't think it's good. <laughs> look look, look, it's so weird i have these distinctions where there are things that i can look at and be like this isn't good but i like it we were talking earlier about fast and furious those are by no measures good movies i i will be the first to admit that those are that is a garbage series it is a step above transformers and that's not exactly a spot you want to be near but I still enjoy them because the action is clear enough and it is just so much cheese and garbage that it clicks into my brain. It's like, have fun. You want to think right now? Shut up. You don't want to fucking think right now. You want to see cars? Don't you want to see fucking Ass cars you want to count how many ass shots they have in this movie Uh. you you know you want dude it's fucking hilarious because like you can count how many ass shots are like in the first half of the series and it's like double digits and then in the last few movies like they have one or two ass shots because it feels like oh yeah shit we're still a fast and furious movie right fuck i got when the fuck are we gonna have an ass shot God throw it in the middle of the movie. Who the fuck cares anymore?
1: Fire Vin went into the sun. <laughs>
0: I mean, he might become more powerful. That's what we're afraid of. Yeah, true. <laughs>
1: okay, so uh, let me rephrase. Penit. I I think Tenet is good. Let's say that. Um, okay, I've seen it twice now. Or no I think it's only been twice I've seen it twice now and I'll be honest I'm not exactly what if we have watched it four times because we
0: watched the same movie and then it went backwards halfway through we watched it four times actually yeah you're right
1: actually so (laughs) (laughs) touche nice nice spoiler by the way but (laughs) I hope nobody cares (laughs) <laughs> look, look, I'm not even going to spoiler tag that, because if you've
0: seen the trailer, of yeah, course true. the movie was going to go backwards at some point, alright? Yeah, it's, it's not you know like Redacted, right? that's another movie that, if I said that, was a spoiler. And you know For the sure. one I'm talking about. I'm I do know the I'm looking
1: at one. you in the eye through the fucking sound waves, and you know what movie I'm talking about. <laughs> I know exactly what movie you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, uh, so I thought kind of... Didn't theaters twice i haven't watched it since it's been out mm. of theaters but the theater experience awesome like th- yes. that movie made for theaters so i think we both agree mm. with that uh mo- oh, yeah. like most of nolan's things like he builds them specifically for that atmosphere mm. and you always get what you're paying for with your ticket for that one so okay. yeah it's definitely very interesting it's tough to talk about it too much without de- delving into deep spoilers because a lot of the movie is spoilers Fun but spoilers three okay two one uh the bat
0: bat batman batman is dead at the end he's the one who gets hit with a bullet
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically no I, I what i think is really cool about that movie is that okay let me put it this way a lot of people come up to me and they're like hey dorian you know what would be really cool a sequel to inception <laughs> You know what I'm I sorry, it?
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just imagining that you're going to like like an Aldi or something. You're just like, you're just picking up fruits, and there's some like, hey Dorian, I heard that you are the resident Nolan expert. You're like, who the <laughs> fuck are you, man? I'm just trying to <laughs> pick bananas.
1: That's actually that's actually accurate. This has happened. True story. But <laughs> no,
0: okay. You
1: are friend. Nolan's number one moose fan, okay? It's like you need true. to tell us. It's true. I'm a big fucking Nolan fan. I The Dark Knight, I have seen The Dark Knight over a hundred times. I have a tattoo of the Joker on my leg. I'm a big fucking Nolan fan. So don't worry about that. Anyways. I actually
0: think that I am a Nolan fan, whether I like to acknowledge it or not, because I think I have almost every single one of his movies in my collection which is insane to think about when I don't really think I am too much of a fan now, but I also think that's because Dennett and uh, Dennett. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to mix up Dunkirk and Tenet together. Oh, that was what? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! Is that even That'd be a movie? Uh, Oh, my God. A movie going backwards and having three separate stories of time dilation. Jesus. I think I think Nolan just had a wet dream right now. Oh, God. Yeah, I think we know his
1: next project is. <laughs>
0: no, I, I think that it's you. Know, fuck it. I'm going to say it again. I think it's Dennett that actually made me think, OK, I'm falling off a little. But I think that if you had asked me like four years
1: ago, am I a Nolan fan? Fuck yeah, I'm right there. Yeah, that's fair. And look, Dunkirk, I actually, again, I really like Dunkirk. I think it's good, probably a little bit more than you do. Um, Even though, again, that's a very theater experience movie. But yeah, I, I can understand that.
0: I will hold my opinion on Dunkirk. I already watched Tenet. I had a much higher opinion of it for enjoyment's sake dunkirk is still sitting there like that's still gonna get watched at some point and i still plan on doing a back-to-back with that one with hacksaw ridge so i can tell you right now it will get brought up at some point but dunkirk was a movie where i was like man that was an experience i don't think that was a movie that i just watched
1: yeah fair enough fair enough but anyways to circle back to the original point um oh, yeah. if somebody came up to me and was like, hey, I want a sequel to Inception, because there are a lot of people that talk about Inception still. It's one of my favorite movies of his, too. Um, I yes. would call them an idiot. I don't want a sequel to Inception. Get out of my face. Yes. Tenet, on the other hand, I think Tenet's really cool because you're basically seeing the middle of a story we don't really get the beginning of the story and we certainly don't get the end of the story we're dropped and spoilers obviously but we're dropped into this entire story smack dab in the fucking middle and i think that's really cool
0: i uh, you had me on tenet sequel and i was like you know what? Yeah, I can get into that. But the more you talked about it, I was like, I don't think I want that. <laughs> I think the, the thing is that with Tenet rewatching it, I mean, it feels like some of the magic is that's a weird, it's the weird thing. I feel like I'm talking about this movie positively more than I want to. But I feel like <laughs> some of what makes the movie special is the fact that you don't know what exactly has happened and what will happen. I mean that's why the whole point of the ending is uh, Batman. Like I can't re- even remember his name for some reason. When Batman looks at him and goes like, "No, you hired me." We're well, this is the end of a beautiful friendship. And you're like, oh, you guys have been friends for a long time because time is backwards, but it's also folk. Ah, so I feel like Nolan wants that. Ah, at the end of the sentence, anytime that you try to explain something in Tenet. So I feel like a sequel or a prequel, or a sequel prequel to Tenet, because, you know, it technically would be the same thing, uh, true. it would be counterintuitive to what Tenet is supposed to make you feel.
1: Oh, I agree. And don't get me wrong. Knowing Nolan, there's no fucking chance he'll ever do a sequel or a sequel or or whatever. And I have total respect for that. I'm just saying, if in 10 years, Nolan's like, hey, I'm making 10 of 2, I'd be like, makes sense. I would personally understand a sequel to that movie more than something like Inception. Or even Interstellar.
0: I can tell you right now if I, as a person, if for some reason I have inherited billions and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to call up all of my favorite creators. All right. Uh, Kojima, do you want a movie theater room? Hey, Nolan, <laughs> do you want 10 IMAX cameras? Hey, Yokotaro, do you want an entire fucking bar to yourself? You know, and whoever returns my calls. And if Nolan calls me and if he says, oh, yeah, hello, uh, Edwin, I was trying to uh, get some financing for the sequel, too. I'd hang up on him as soon as he said the word sequel. Like, I, I, would, I would hang up on him. I would block his calls for 10 minutes, and I'd call him back. And I'm like, listen, I'm sorry. You said the word sequel, and I had to leave.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think we have to worry about that. <laughs> yeah, no, thank God. Nolan's not much of a sequel guy. Thank
0: God. I mean, just, it, it. I don't want to see Nolan ever have a 2 next to his name. Like, I feel like that is a huge waste of his talent. This is the only man who can get a new IP greenlit for almost more than $150 million and have it actually be successful as long as you don't release it in the middle of a global pandemic.
1: I know. Like, that movie would have been done bonkers. I guarantee you if it wasn't for that. Oh,
0: no, no. That's the thing. Even if I don't think Tenet is a good movie, it is such a phenomenal movie theater experience that there is no reason to ever fault being able to watch that in a theater like I risked life and limb for that one and I'm going to risk life and limb for Dune and I'm going to risk life and limb for another movie that you're going to look at me and be like man you really don't value your limbs if you're going to go see that one
1: that's the furious
2: yeah (sighs) yeah
0: I don't value my limbs (laughs) they put they put a giant magnet on a car and they expect me to believe that the magnets wouldn't immediately crush the car that it's on
1: oh my god i would rather i i would rather get covid i believe you furious nine i believe
0: you (laughs) dorian you don't understand (sighs) i was the dumb kid that had a spider-man toy and like this knockoff the bootleg flea market toy of the hulk and then I had a fucking anime character that I didn't even know. I had a wrestling character and they all played together with each other. And there was a Lego man who showed up and there were some blocks. Like that is basically Fast and Furious. Like you, it is you, as you, nonsensical you as that. You
1: described a better plot than Fast and the Furious. I would rather watch you play those with those boys than Fast <laughs> and the Furious. I mean, look, I can't contact sean michaels
0: and i can't contact spider-man and i can't contact random anime character to all show up in one spot at this lego block house that i created okay i can't do it all right they tried to do it once and it failed it was called ready player one all right this is the closest (laughs) thing that i have people have marvel i'm allowed fast and furious okay they're
1: the only superhero family i care about (laughs) oh you said the word family (laughs) Uh, no oh
2: no 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 like like, that's the thing everything (laughs) that you're saying is right everything that you're
0: saying is right it is probably preferable to get COVID over watching fast and furious but whenever i hear tyrese say bruh like something in me (laughs) awakens Like, I am so unbelievably tranced by those movies where I'm like, this is so horrible. Why is this clicking all the right buttons?
1: Disappointed.
0: You should be, and I have no... You, I, has the pixels is year's i'm handing you the keys i'll send them to you right now
1: <laughs> <laughs> thank you we're gonna we're gonna be banning fast and furious discussion going forward and uh, yeah let's move on <laughs> lock up when you're done <laughs> yeah it <laughs> <Tenet. sighs> uh, yes had it good movie you know if, if you get it every i mean i don't know if you could see it in theaters anymore i think you're fucked but yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Too bad uh, for you.
0: Everyone who, risked, who didn't risk life and limb for Tenet, I understand, but, you know, just to just know, I'm going to judge you if you never ask to come over to my house and watch it properly. Like, that's that's all I'll say. I think that's, that's fair. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. That's Tenet. I'm going to book the next Bond films together next, but I toss it back to you. What's the next movie you want to touch on?
1: for sure and i think this is the last piece of media for me i believe yeah so it is so it's bad trip bad trip this is a netflix movie starring eric andre now eric Mm. andre very very funny comedian now we can debate funny all you want if Mm. people out there don't like eric andre he's a very specific type of humor some people do some people do so i understand that does not like eric andre is no longer
0: allowed to use any meme with him in it
1: I completely agree, because, yeah, he is literally the gun meme, and one of the best memes on the internet, in my humble opinion. Also, Lemon! Lemon! Yes, another great meme. Funny, I knew about those memes before I even ever watched Eric Andre. Like, that's how big those memes were. I still haven't watched a single second of Eric Andre. Oh, you never watched the Eric Andre show? No, it's not streaming anywhere, and
0: I'm never compelled enough to torrent a comedy series.
1: Fair enough. It's fucking fantastic like i oh I, I i'm a big fan of cringe comedy in general cringe comedy it just hits a button for me if i'm sitting there and what's making me on the screen is physically repulsing me to the point where i just want to pause it and walk oh. the fuck away and get freedom you've done your job and that is eric andre's show in a nutshell it is so fantastic
0: oh no are you one of the people that can actually sit through Scott's Tots?
1: Yes. Oh my
0: god, I oh. love it.
1: Well, and here's the funny thing. Okay. <sighs> okay. Have you seen the British version of The Office?
0: Uh, no, I have not. The only okay. British show that I ever watched is Skins UK, and the second show that I watched is American Revolution. Ooh, rah, fuck yeah.
1: Okay, never watched either of those, but...
0: Oh, the- no, no, okay. I was joking. I was joking. The second one, I was just making a joke.
1: Oh, I thought it was... <laughs> <laughs> i get it, I get it it's late i get what you're saying now okay but here's the thing the so scott's thoughts is awkward as hell and obviously the office us is really awkward but like michael scott to me always feels like a bumbling idiot but he's charming like i don't know maybe that's just me but i always felt he was charming you know the character in the office uk his name is david brent there is nothing charming about that man he is awkward arrogant rude And it's just, he thinks he's the funniest man on the planet, and he's not. And it just, it makes me physically cringe watching that show at some points. Like, there are just some points that sitting there and watching that fucking show is one of the most impossible tasks. And that's why I actually prefer the British office to the American office. I love cringe comedy. I love it. So, The Eric Andre Show, and in general, this movie, uh, Bad Trip, is very cringe comedy
0: right up my alley. Now, does it have any connection to any of his other works? Or is it just like a straight, like, this is his idea
1: movie? So, okay, the best way to explain this movie is Borat. I'm sure you all know Borat. Maybe some of you have watched it. Maybe some of you haven't. It's very similar to that. So, it's a movie with an overarching storyline. But in between the storyline, there's a bunch of shit he shoots with people that don't know what's going on with crazy shit happening. And it's the best way I can describe this is it's Borat without the political bullshit. And it's fucking hilarious. Borat
0: 2 without the political bullshit.
1: Sorry, Borat 2, Borat 1. There's still a little bit in there, but it's not nearly as bad. Yes, Borat 2 was very political. Bat is none of that. It's very gross-out humor, a lot of it. Um, I mean, I don't even know if I want to talk. Like, it's, I mean, we could spoiler count it down, but this is just disgusting, so I don't even know if I want to talk about it.
0: I would say throw in just... That's the thing. I feel like when it comes to a comedy... It, it, comedies to me should kind of follow the same line that you do when it comes to the trailer to an action movie. As long as you don't show off the best joke in the movie or the best action scene in the movie of a trailer, I feel like it's fair game.
1: Okay. I'm going to do, okay. I'm going to count down a mini spoiler. So if you're really sensitive to that stuff, don't listen to this. I think yeah, it's still it fine. Down. Cause it's, it's certainly not the best part in the fucking movie, but three, hmm. two one i mean there's literally a scene where a guy at a apes to mouth fucks them and then comes all over him <laughs> i mean this is the type of movie you're getting into and by the way people think this is real oh how i don't know but that's Americans for you sometimes. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> no, no, no. You don't understand how many people
0: we have here that legitimately believe they were abducted by aliens, okay?
1: No, it's but there's a lot of Canadians that are stupid too, so don't get me wrong. But the fact that they managed to, that there were people in there that think this guy in an obvious fake gorilla suit is mouth-fucking Eric Andre and then comes all over him is staggering to me. Staggering. If there are people who
0: believe that Joe Biden is actually president, then – okay, no, I'm not going to – I I, can't, I I was trying – I tried to do the joke with a straight face, and then I broke.
1: Oh, there's uh, the political – there's the political bit for us. I'm trying to get canceled, damn it. Yeah, we're, we're almost well, – I mean, Gorilla Cum and Joe Biden, we're halfway there. <laughs> That's going be the no, title look, of the episode, by the way. Gorilla Cum <laughs> and Joe Biden, I'm just saying. explicit triple x (laughs) 4k hdr
0: oh my god Um, here's the thing i (sighs) in my head when i was thinking about that joke did you ever see that video of that preacher dude going
2: some people think joe biden's president
1: no i don't think so (laughs) oh i'll have to send it to you after like yes
0: send it a couple of days ago after like it was clear that the election was going biden's way and there's a dude in a congregation just he is hamming it up so hard he's like people think joe biden is president (laughs) (laughs) And it's hilarious because it feels like everyone in the audience is fake laughing, too. But you can kind of hear it like, ah, man, we hope he's right. Holy shit. Oh, God, we hope he's right. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, man. It's so gold. The way that he laughs, it haunts me. It haunts me. Yeah, please Whenever send me I'm that video. The election,
1: <laughs> please send I me that will. video. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, so good movie, funny, uh, if you like that sort of thing, if, if you don't like cringe comedy, do not watch this movie, you'll, you'll check out very soon. One note I have in particular, and this is for anyone that's actually seen the Eric Andre show, Eric Andre does the show with a guy named Hannibal Burris, who's a fucking funny comedian god he's absolutely oh my god he's so hilarious one of my biggest complaints about bad trip is i swear to god the guy that that's basically the straight man with him in this movie he's like dollar store hannibal burris and it honestly bothers me because go ahead
0: hold on that wasn't hannibal hannibal burgess i just pulled it up holy shit that wasn't him
1: no it's the dollar
2: store hannibal (laughs) burris
1: yeah it's very disappointing and honestly because this is a netflix movie so i feel like netflix shoots some money he's like go make something so eric roger's saying okay cool so he starts making his thing he's like hey man it'd be great to have hannibal burris he goes to netflix and they're like hey can we have hannibal burris and they're like no no you already have hannibal burris at home we hired him for you and then this is hannibal burris at home
0: (laughs) i'm accidentally a racist i thought one black dude was another
1: (laughs) oh (laughs) again. Cancelled again oh I didn't but want yeah, to get canceled uh, for a real reason!
0: <laughs> yeah, oh it's, it's disappointing,
1: God. though. The guy, I mean, he's an okay straight man, but he's not as funny as Hannibal Burris is. Is he the funny guy from Get Out? Or am I going to be triple racist?
0: Uh,
1: no, I don't think Fuck, so. Fuck, I'm triple racist! Hold on. Shit! Who is... Oh, oh, you. Oh, sorry, you mean the guy... Go- oh, you mean from, uh... From Bad Trip? Yeah. Oh, that is him. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm I'm only I'm only double racist. Oof. Sorry, I thought okay, <laughs> I thought you meant Hannibal Burris. No, you're right. I totally forgot this guy was in Get Out. He's actually funnier in Get Out too. So I actually I know, couldn't could...
0: stand him in Get Out.
1: Okay, well there we go.
0: <laughs> no, no, so the reason why is that Get Out had like such a good horror vibe that every time oh, that was he fantastic. came in he would deflate it and I'd be like yeah. Stop it.
1: Yeah. No, I actually agree. I think as a character, he's funnier in Get Out, but that doesn't really suit the purpose of Get Out. That being said, yeah, he's the straight man in Bad Trip, and he just doesn't do it very well, in my opinion. But Eric Andre is the, the meat and potatoes of the movie, and he's as hilarious as always. So if you're an Eric Andre fan, definitely check this out.
0: All right. I'm definitely going to have to watch that and definitely figure out a point where the hell I can find the Eric Andre show legally.
1: Every episode is like 10 minutes long. Like, literally, you could binge this in a day, like the entire series, and it's worth your time. So, Okay, I'm curious. Eric
0: Andre season one, because I have a feeling that people
1: would have... I know you're right. In Canada, again, we have very different streaming. Area, but it's nowhere available oh, yeah. to stream. I know you can get it on Apple TV, <laughs> which fantastic. Neither <laughs> of us have Apple, but I know it's available on Apple. It's got to be available on something else. I hope so.
0: Okay. I'm sorry. I think I, I, I think I had like the most mild of stroke hearing Apple TV. Okay, I can't. I say apologize. It. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah, that is TV. I guess from here I'm driving. I'm going to go ahead and try and not make us crash. All right.
2: Bond, James Bond.
0: Yes, that man, the fucking endless alcoholic and sex addict. We're going to go ahead and bundle the two of them together because I don't feel like From Russia with Love is worth talking about too much. It is the sequel to the first James Bond movie. It finally started feeling like it was getting its footing, but at the end of the day, I really don't remember anything about it outside of just uh, Sean Connery being able to smile and one line his way out of fucking anything. Like, I do not remember most of this movie. I told myself open up the wikipedia page refresh yourself and even when i'm looking at all this i'm like yeah that happened why do i not (laughs) remember anything happening so from russia with love i just really like sean connery with no matter what he's doing i definitely saw how many just absolute things they just straight lifted into austin powers off of this movie I mean, Spectre, you got Dr. Evil holding the cat, you got number two, which I didn't realize there was an actual character named number two in From Russia With Love, so that was hilarious. And pretty much, I just remember watching this and thinking, oh yeah, it's probably that most of these movies aren't that good. But From Russia With Love, I assume that just happens after 50 years. Now, Thunderball... I am disappointed to say it is almost the exact same thing, except my boy has a rocket launcher and he has a jet pack and he ends up leaving the movie with a Fulton system. That is a 10 out of 10, baby. We got a jet pack and we got a Fulton system. Do you need anything else in our movie? I think not. I think not. Absolutely, I don't remember anything that happened between that.
1: Hey, that's all that matters. Like, if you put a jetpack in a movie, then that's just them saying, "Hey, fucking forget the rest of this movie. We got you." Oh
0: my god! You know what? I know that I am selling Thunderball short for that joke. All right, it was not fair. Thunderball is actually pretty fun. I mean. That jetpack, though, I lost my shit. My wife and I were looking at each other like, did this jetpack I was looking at? And I was like, oh my god, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas just lifted this entire fucking thing up and dropped it in the game. It's hilarious. Not only that, I was actually fascinated at how this movie from the 60s was actually able to shoot... Competent scenes underwater but then it comes off as a comedy because all these people are trying to attack each other underwater and they're all moving so slowly like it is unintentionally hilarious and i don't know how people weren't laughing originally back then also it's hilarious to see an armada of these men just swimming underwater with just arrows shooting at each other like i don't it's so hilarious to see everything move so slow they're all holding arrows and they're shooting each other I had no idea what the hell was going on. I was just like, dude, things are happening and I feel it. And yeah, uh, I, I wanted mean, the, to go swim after.
1: Let's be real. Besides the new Craig Bond movies, you're not really going to watch James Bond for the story. Yeah, It's all going to be about the set pieces, the Bond girl, how all that stuff intertwines with each other. And you're really going to try gadgets, the gadgets, the jetpacks, So you're just going in there to have a good time. And thankfully, Thunderball did
0: deliver on that. At the end of the day, I still think that Goldfinger is probably the top of the ones that I've seen with, you know, of the older Bonds. I still think Casino Royale slots at the top, but Goldenfinger, I had to say it slowly because I almost said Goldeneye, Golden Finger <laughs> is right below it, and then Thunderball slots right before it, and then the rest, honestly, they could fight to the death, and I wouldn't care. It, whoever came out alive.
1: Hey, fair enough. Hmm.
0: So yeah, those are my Bond films. Now, um, now let me, hold on. Let me uh, order order in the court. Uh, we have brought infractions <laughs> of Weebury against one Edwin S. Castillo Jr. how uh, do you plead, Edwin? Thinks- Uh, I plead not guilty. Okay, well, please explain. I have decided to bring forth my lawyering. I have brought over the necessary paperwork to explain why I claim I am not a weeb, even having watched (laughs) Akira and Perfect Blue. Now, if it may please the court, I have to explain background on myself, if the judge allows. Oh, please, please continue. All right, permission granted, thank you. Now, I (laughs) myself am a humble, movie-loving man, as anyone else here is. Now, I'm now speaking in the southern accent because I'm thinking about that chicken from Futurama. So follow me along as I keep talking like this. Now... (laughs) I myself enjoy a good film or two. I try to broaden my horizon into other movies, if you do so, say, myself. That made no sense. Now, we're gonna go and have a couple of films from outside yonder borders from that here south, yeah. Now, we had that one uh, Asian fella talked about how subtitles are just an inch of barrier to get out of the comfort zone that you have for movies. Now, if it pleases the court, I say I am not a weeb because I did not watch an anime movie. I was watching foreign films. Ooh, how what a fascinating argument. I am more of a movie fan than I am probably anything else i am willing to watch a foreign film i am not bothered by subtitles the real reason these movies don't bother okay i'm done with the accent the real movie that the the real reason these movies do not bother me is because they are I view them as foreign films. I do not see them as anime because they do not have the anime tropes that bother me so fucking much, which is the repetition of the same ideas over and over again. You've got the ridiculous shonen protagonist that is overpowered and just going to do whatever he wants because the power of friendship compels him. You have the way more interesting friend that is always there and always there rival and they hate each other but the friends and blah 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 like that's not anywhere here well okay akida is but it's old enough that it's pre it predates it so you know like it, it we give credit because they probably originated it but They don't have the budget cuts that most animes have because there are way too many fucking scenes where you have literally just a still shot of animation and they're like, okay, stick on that for a couple of seconds because we have a budget of a ham sandwich and a couple of sticks of gum. Please, for the love of God, make this budget stretch. So not only are are anime movies not made cheaply, so they fix a lot of the things that I have wrong with anime. I also think anime is way too... Juvenile. You know what? I'm going to say juvenile as an art form, because they still haven't learned the lesson that American TV learned in the mid-2000s, which is, it is okay to have a shortened series that is cut down, 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 till there is no fat left. While anime series have fucking One Piece, where it's like, oh yeah, One Piece, you should watch that at 1.75 speed so then you can actually finish within this century and catch up to the thousand episodes that are out so pretty much i do not think anime movies get to be in the same category because in my mind i see them as foreign films because they have effort put into them that most anime does not
1: yeah you know okay let me ask you a question mm-hmm. and and i think this is a fair question to ask although i know yeah straw hat if you're listening i apologize (laughs) straw hat anything
0: i write down and anything i say should be prefaced with i'm sorry straw hat
1: yeah i'm sorry but okay here's my question and this Mm. is gonna sound mean but i really mean this oh go ahead if something if you've got something that's japanese art it's it's art and it's animated Mm -hmm. but it's actually good So it's well done. It doesn't follow the tropes. It's more of a movie. It's more of cinema. Mm -hmm. Then at that point, is it even anime? Is it weed? Because that stuff's just all bad. You raise an interesting point. It's almost like it transcends
0: that. Okay, so Perfect Blue is the movie that, while it may look way more anime, I can actually argue why that one straight up hates anime as much as i do but we'll get there i right, first i want to get the trial out before i start talking about them For um, Sure. so that's my reasoning i see them more as foreign films than i do as anime while like i said anime has so much baggage attached to it that no matter whenever i try to watch it i kept seeing the exact same issues that i had with other animes show up in others so any single fucking time that someone would hit me with like, "Oh, you haven't watched the right anime?" I'm like, "Bro, how many fucking animes do I have to watch until I find the right one?" Like, this is getting this is we're getting close to the communism argument. Like, that was not real communism. Like, are you fucking kidding me? At <laughs> least, uh, see, I'm trying to get canceled.
1: I think we're there. Don't worry. We we, we uh, we've done enough today to earn our cancellation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So now. Uh, any, I—that is my closing statements. I hand it back to the jury to decide my fate.
1: No, you're guilty as fuck, but that's okay. Go <laughs> ahead. <laughs> but why don't you explain why you like this movies and and maybe you'll get a reduced sentence. Let, let, let's petition? No, no, no. I just petition to be my death. Okay, for sure. No. Oh, good.
0: Okay, I get sentenced to my death. Perfect. Passive Pixels are cancelled after this one. We're never going to figure out the near spoiler cast after this.
1: The biggest tragedy ever. Yeah, that is a tragedy.
0: <laughs> By the way, just because I know that Dorian over here knows it, you guys don't. I have a 31-page document about oh my Nier, and it is about
1: 14,000 words. It's bigger than The Last of Us 2 doc X. I'm kind of sad about that.
0: <laughs> oh, lore about dot 2docs Right? So there is a document that I took pictures of on my desktop and people saw, why the hell is there a tlo docs file on your desktop? Now, here's the thing. <laughs> you do not understand how fucking spiraling depressed I was after beating that game where I was like, <laughs> I think I hated this. I spent... Friday, the day I got the game, all the way to Sunday at 10 p.m., playing the game and beating it, and I fucking was devastated that one of my favorite games of all time gave me a sequel that I hated more than anything else. We are not going to talk about the validity of the hate. We're not going No, know. I can, I felt, I heard you sharpening the knife. Like, ah, we're going to, we're going to gut a bitch tonight.
1: The, the antlers twitching right now, Ed. The antlers twitching.
0: <laughs> oh my God. They're, they're already shedding. So you can see the blood that's underneath them. Okay. <laughs> By the way, that's fucking horrifying seeing that show. It was
1: like, oh, all right. Okay. And it was tuned uh, in for the last of us two hate cats.
0: Jesus Christ. 73 part. Um, so <laughs> now I was I was just so angry. I kept trying to find videos of positivity, and I was like, no, but I disagree. And I kept finding videos that were negative. I'm like, damn it, I agree. I kept trying to find that silver bullet that would suddenly swap me because. The closest analog to that game is Metal Gear Solid 2, and there was a silver bullet to Metal Gear Solid 2 that completely fixed it for me, and that was the S3 plan, which, spoilers for Metal Gear Solid 2 in a section about anime, Three, <laughs> two, one finding out that Raiden is supposed to be Snake because they're trying to recreate another solid snake when this little flippy haired bitch is actually more badass than literally everyone else because he was a child soldier and repressing it and drinking hard in an empty room that had nothing besides a bed and a desk in it like that shit was so hardcore that that was a silver bullet that then made me reframe the entire game where I thought oh man why is the big shell? so personality less oh because a fucking ai developed it to develop another solid snake and it clicked so well into place i was like holy shit i love this it took me a couple years but i got there unless there's a silver bullet that occurs for the last of Us part two my opinion is probably going to stay the same for that now going back to what tilu 2 doc was i remember that after watching all these videos i still wasn't satisfied and so i just started writing and i just started writing my frustrations and then eventually i got to like the second page and i was like i don't want to do this anymore and i just moved on well i didn't move on
1: I, you know what i can accept that ed
0: now i look, look like like i said that the, the, the hate cast is going to be something that gets just fished out To way later, if that game ever fucking shows up on my doorstep, first I'm going to cry, and then second, I'm going to just mentally steal myself for what has to come next. (sighs) Uh,
1: Moving on, (laughs) The Last of Us Two is a good game. Yeah. Anyways.
0: I I'm I don't I cut out silence so hard, and I'm going to leave this completely uncut,
2: <laughs> completely.
0: Just this entire sigh and this awkward silence, because I feel like sometimes silence is a better use than anything
1: else.
2: Alright,
1: Akira. So, back, so, so back to Weebury. Back to Weebury. Oh, it hurts. <laughs> Akira
0: is. Fucking magnificent. There is never going to be another animated piece like this. There is. Fantasia is the American benchmark for what animation can do when you're just told to draw and get creative. Akira is straight up the animated version of Blade Runner, and it has that much influence on the rest of its medium to that degree. And none of that is hyperbole because we've gotten far enough from this movie that we can see that all of that has stayed true. And I cannot fucking believe how good this movie is, even considering that I have no idea what the hell is going on in Akira. Now, what is Akira? It used to be a manga and eventually what happened is that they made a movie based on like i think I, like i think it's like in 5 parts and they just made a movie on the second and third part so you are missing a whole bunch of the story and i understand some of what's going on i still have so many questions but the animation work is so ridiculously off the chain that you're like how did you guys even work on this movie in the time that you did and not lose your minds and still somehow put out something so high quality that almost three to four decades later, you can still put any movie next to it and they will be ashamed for not being Akira. Like I cannot believe this movie even exists. Sorry, high praise. I remember watching it for the first time, I think, I don't even remember how I watched it. I just remember watching it on a 47-inch HDTV. And I remember thinking, wow, I have no idea what's going on. But the animation work and just the texture that everything is drawn with is just... like I, The closest analog is... Imagine if they made an entire movie and they went, what if we kept ourselves to the same bar that the set designers of Blade Runner 1982 made? And that is what Akira is. And it's so ridiculous. Wait, hold on. Hold on. I had the Wikipedia page open. Holy shit. Apparently, Akira and Blade Runner 24, sorry, 24-7, Blade Runner 1982 the manga came out in 1982, and Blade Runner 82 came out in the same time. So either this had a direct influence, or these were two parallel ideas that were going on at the same time. Which makes that kind of incredible that either this man spit out something really quickly that knocked it off, or that he had the same idea at the same time and drew it almost in the exact same aesthetic. Which is, wow, holy shit, that's incredible. That's really cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, do i even know what's it about um tokyo japan i think is in the middle of what feels like they're headed towards a civil war and a whole bunch of civil unrest it is after world war three and they were hit with just a horrific nuclear weapon and it takes out most of the city, which then leads to the rise of Neo-Tokyo that is having these problems now. It is really fucking run down. The, the government is completely corrupt. High schools, every single high school that you see is pretty much the worst high school you can think of in your area. But the worst one is secretly the best one in that world. That's the kind of world that they're living in. It is a whole bunch of biker gangs that you basically have these kids going to school to meet up with their biker gang friends. Like, that is the kind of world that's in here. From there, you have these military experiments, these little children that look like old people with psychic powers I have no idea what the fuck is going on there, but they put the vehicle towards being able to get these insanely drawn segments. Uh, Imagine if someone was able to take the final scenes of Into the Spider-Verse when they started getting really insane, took it back 30 years, and then did it hand-drawn. Like, that's the ending of Akira. The ending of Akira is pretty much everything that Into the Spider-Verse had in its ending, but turned up like at least times two or three. The craftsmanship in this movie is undeniable, and that is part of what makes me think that it is a cut above that breaks out of anime and just becomes a visual benchmark for something that if anyone ever wants to draw, do not compare yourself to Akira or you will fail
1: damn you know it sounds really cool and you're not the first person to tell me this about this movie so it's definitely something i think i do need to add to what my watch list eventually because other than people talking it up the only thing i've ever heard about this movie was a rumor that christopher nolan was going to be making a live action version of it a while back so that's the only time i've ever heard of this movie besides people telling me how good it is <sighs> A Nolan Akira,
0: that conflicts uh, action. eh. For me, the thing is that even though I'm talking more about the whole animation realm and the whole technical aspect, throwing Christopher Nolan into that, and that sounds like a slam dunk, but I feel like this is one of those movies that this is gonna be a weird draw but the disney renaissance movies like those movies are meant to be animated like there are some stories that need the flexibility of being able to control an entire scene that some movies need and when it comes to akira like Oh, my God. I remember that there was a knockback, uh, a podcast, another that this Colin Moriarty fellow never stops working made along with his brother, (laughs) a phenomenal animator who I'm never going to joke around with him because Dagan Moriarty is one of the shining examples of what a man should be. Fuck, oh my god, I love that, man. He's such a nice guy. He's a beacon to us all, and anything that we do that disappoints him is obviously a fault as us as man.
1: Well said. Mm -hmm.
0: Now, he, of course, knows his animation shit, and even he's talked about, like, the insane amount of detail that is in Akira. Like, he broke down how some of the things that they draw in this movie is so ridiculous and even hard to do nowadays with computers. And these people did it in like two or three years of development. So uh, to hear even him say it after that, he recommended a YouTube video of someone breaking it down even harder. There is an insane, like if anyone ever hears Akira, the image is of the main character, Canada, Uh, basically walking up to the red bike. There is an opening scene that is jaw-dropping with how incredible it's animated. The way that these bikes move through these worlds, like doing motion in animation and drawing 24 pictures a second, and with the amount of motion and detail that's going into them, it's so ridiculously tedious that to think of the amount of work that they put into this shows they care and there's something about that that's so special because i don't think people who are making anime care much because most of the craftsmanship that they put out there is just repeating what is already in a manga and then figuring out how to cut corners to make it cheap and then saving the budget for the fight scene because that's what all they fucking care about they don't care about the character work they care about just making a hype-ass fight scene that gets cut out and put on okay i gotta stop um I'm sorry to get angry. Uh okay. Now Akida is one of those things that that video that Dagan recommended, there was a scene where there's a car passing by and they stop and the bikes are moving, and he talks about how there is a light and it's filtering all across the person inside the car. So it's they're not pulling any cheap stunts where they're just reflecting off the windshield. No. The light is filtering into the windshield and reflecting on the actual man and they filter it out for the next few seconds. The fact that they went through all of that, there is a little tiny pebble that's in front of the car and they even drew the shadow on the pebble, which is something that if you were not looking in this probably 10 pixel spot, On your TV, you would have never noticed, but they cared enough to draw that. The amount of care that's in this movie is astronomical. Yeah, that shows a ton of dedication. Now, besides that, the... That's... Oh, man, I just realized. I said I was going to say why I don't think Nolan would be a good fit, and I just went into gushing more about the actual animation. Um, So... Nolan, I feel like would be a good fit for the technical side, but I still don't think this is an adaption that should even happen. I think the last person who they said had their hands on it was the person who directed Thor Ragnarok and Jojo Rabbit. I said those things so I can remember. Taika Waititi. Yeah. Uh, Taika Waititi is apparently the last one who was in talks of handling that one. I don't think he'll stick. I really hope this movie never comes out. Uh, That's fair. Not only that, the main story is one of the biker kids basically crashes into one of those military experiments and through the process starts developing psychic powers from it. And the main kind of emotional draw of the movie is that He is a kid that is constantly being looked down upon and felt like he needs to be saved at every move that he makes. So, getting those psychic powers so quickly fucks him up mentally, where he's like, No, I am powerful. Fuck everyone, get away from me. I can actually handle myself. And it goes to like really bad directions. So, that's pretty much the anchor of the movie there's a whole bunch of shit around it but honestly I really didn't understand most of that and I'm pretty sure that's because like I said this is two and three parts of a five-part story so even with just that amount I still think that this is such a ridiculous just labor of love that it's one of those things that even if you don't understand the story, the craftsmanship on display is jaw-dropping.
1: Yeah, that's that's really good. I think it's definitely something that I need to add to my watch list. I think you might have sold me on it.
0: Like like I said, the the story really isn't too much of what is the draw, the love that they put into it. It's it's unbelievable.
1: For so. sure. Yeah, and it's something I really wish I had more to say and could comment on it, but it's I just know so little about it, so I don't want to look like an idiot. Uh, no, but that no, being I, said, hopefully I'll watch it in the future, and I can give my thoughts on it, too.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I, I would be glad to hear, because even with how much I have actually talked it up, like I I do think that the animation is something that if you show anyone, even if they're not actually aware of it they'll just look at it and go i just know this is a cut above i can't explain why but i just know it is Yeah, you can tell now i'm curious because i did scroll further down into the wikipedia page now i did see something about legacy i see a whole bunch of things that people are saying and i want to pull a couple of them because i saw a couple of names in here where i was like oh holy shit really that's that's here uh so over here let's see uh there was someone who wrote at the guardian that said that akida's influence is on the same level as blade runner and 2001 a space odyssey in influencing the sci-fi genre Oof. all right that is i can't disagree um it's high price oh yeah uh let me see Akira is also credited as a breakthrough for adult animation, proving to global audiences that animation was not just for children, which, yeah, I agree, this is not this is not a movie that you would hand to your kid and be like, yeah, I'll just watch this. Although to be fair, you might end up like Dagon and end up just really loving animation and making a career out of it. Yeah. Uh, Akira is considered a forerunner of the second wave of anime fandom that began in the early 90s and has gained a massive cult following since then. It inspired a wave of Japanese cyberpunk works, including Ghost in the Shell, Battle Angel Alita, Cowboy Bebop, Snatcher, Metal Gear Solid, and Final Fantasy VII, The Matrix, Kill Bill, Chronicle, Looper, wait, what the... Wait, hold on. The Dark Knight and Inception are on here. Huh, that's quite Whoa. the list. Oh, D- what? The Half-Life series and Don't Naz Remember Me. Oh. Okay, Got some
1: bangers wait. on that list.
0: Oh my God, yeah, okay. What, wait, what? Kanye West cites Akira as a major influence on his work, and he paid homage to the film in the Stronger 2007 music video. what i am going to need to watch this music video oh my god
1: yeah i've seen that music video so that's interesting uh i don't i obviously haven't seen the movie so i can't draw the parallels but that's interesting okay all right yeah very good music video
0: yeah uh love that song <laughs> um yeah i saw final fantasy 7 and melgar solid in that paragraph and i had to actually go through it because i felt like that was worth documenting uh yeah holy shit this this movie has its tendrils and a lot of stuff
1: <laughs> all right
0: uh any questions that you have about Akira before i move on to the last movie
1: no just that i need to watch it so <laughs> i'm gonna right. do that at some point
0: fair enough all right perfect blue now this is directed by Satoshi Kon who at least from what I've been told is a hardline director. Like this man is not someone who makes anime. Like this man is making movies that just so happen to be animated. Now I'm going to send you the picture of the poster because seeing this shit, oh my god, it is the perfect emblematic image. Of what this movie is. So let me know when you get the image.
1: It's a very, very stunning looking poster.
0: So now to anyone who wants to see the exact poster that I'm talking about. It is, of course, the movie, Perfect Blue. If you just look up Wikipedia and if you see the image for that movie, it is... The smile of a girl, and then in front of her is that exact same girl in the motion of stabbing someone who is beneath her. Now, I can tell you right now, this is a stunning artwork that if I had a place to put posters, I would probably want this. So, what is Perfect Blue? Perfect Blue is the story of a Japanese pop idol who is part of a group. And she no longer wants to be in that lifestyle. So what she does is that she steps back and going into an acting career. What happens from there is that she struggles a little bit to getting into an acting career until someone gives her the role of being... I don't remember what the certain role is. But what ends up happening is that the character that she's playing... Oh wait no, I remember it now. You know whenever there's female child stars, they eventually grow up and they have that kind of stage where it's like, no, 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 I'm not a kid, I'm sexy now, you gotta watch me, I'm a woman now, right? So, this fucking movie in 1997 did that, basically. She gets out of there and she goes into a sexy phase, but it's kind of fucked up because it's not exactly the way you would think, She's trying to take serious acting, but what ends up happening is that the character that she has has a brutal rape scene and she basically has to forget the image of herself as that pop star to get into it. And what ends up happening from there is like a psychotic break from what happens from this. Now, even that last part, I feel like is showing hand too much. But I feel like having that mentality of knowing that what is going to be going on with this movie is the right idea of how you want to watch it. Because it wasn't until like the last portion of the movie that I was like, oh, wait, I was supposed to be watching it a different way. So, Perfect Blue. Now, there is that specifically the other thing that i did want to mention before that i did talk about earlier how this movie feels like it hates anime as much as i do all the people that are drawn in this movie are not drawn in a normal anime style they're drawn in a very naturalistic look and they actually have characters that look like normal people they have people that look attractive But the common thread behind them is that all of them are actors. And as you know, most of the people that we know who are actors, for some reason, get to be fucking God-given. Like, just (laughs) glorious-looking gods. So damn them all. Oh, really, fucking Brad Pitt. I don't know how the fuck that man looks
2: great.
0: (laughs) It's been a while since I've simped after a man. Um, So, yeah. uh, The anime actors... Sorry, uh, yeah. No, the... Actors who are acting in the... Fuck, man, that's so difficult to explain. The characters in this movie that are actors. There we go. They are drawn good looking, but they don't have like the ridiculous eye thing that, you know, most anime characters have. And there are actual characters that just look like normal people. There's even people that look ugly. And that's the thing when it comes to anime, like you don't have ugly characters unless like they're specifically evil. Like there are just some characters that are ugly and that's just normal. There's a specific scene in the movie where they have just a straight shot of just the most bubblegum anime girl you've ever seen. And it's jarring for a second. You're like, whoa, what the fuck? What movie am I watching? And they specifically frame the shot where it's full up on her but then you find out that she is an ad on a door and the door opens up to show a normal dude. And you're like, Oh, you, this is the most blatant shot that you took against anime. And so that's how, like I saw this movie and I was like, Oh, okay. No, this is something special. So yeah, that the plot, like I said, I do not want to go too much into it besides that. The, that's the idea. I can't believe how well it's done. It feels like it, Akira never fucking touched with a live action ever, 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 ever. Perfect Blue is a movie that you could easily make into live action and you would lose nothing at all. Like, nothing would be lost in translation.
1: Yeah, that's actually the most interesting compliment I think you can give a movie like that. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, no,
0: I I agree. It's a backhanded compliment to the rest of anime to be like, hey, no, 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 we can take this one. Get get a live-action remake for this one, we're fine.
1: Yeah, for sure. But,
0: yeah, Perfect Blue is something special. I mean, immediately after finishing it, I felt like I wanted to rewatch it now, especially when I had the knowledge for it. I'm pretty sure there are a couple of things that fall apart from what happens in the ending, but I feel like the story that it tells itself, even if it falls apart logically, I feel like the actual theme of identity and how other people perceive you is so hardcore ingrained in there that... It works beautifully, not just for stars anymore, but considering that everyone's on the internet and everyone has an identity that they have to maintain this movie went from something that only certain people would be able to relate to, to now something that literally anyone with an Instagram page, a Twitter page, a Facebook page, any sort of online presence suddenly becomes a movie that you can connect to. And that is fucking horrifying considering how this movie is.
1: That's interesting. I I hate to admit it, but like, you know, I think you're swinging the jury here a little bit, I guess is the best (laughs) way to put it. It's definitely interesting sounding. And I think, you know, I have talked to you I talked to you about this privately a bit, but it's it's a movie I actually think I want to look into and watch it myself even more than Kida that you were just talking about. So this looks really cool. I've done a little bit of research on this one. So
0: of, I clicked onto Legacy for this one too. Uh, it's just two lines, so I'll go ahead and read it. Uh, American filmmaker Darren Aronofsky uh, acknowledged the similarities in his 2010 film Black Swan, but denied that Black Swan was inspired by Perfect Blue. His previous film Requiem for a Dream features a remake of a scene from Perfect Blue. Wait, oh, okay, I need to, I never said I'd want to watch Requiem for a Dream again, but I guess I'll have to do that, Uh, at least just for that scene. Uh, a reissued blog entry mentioned Aronofsky's film Requiem for a Dream as being among Satoshi Khan's list of films he viewed for 2010. In addition, Khan blogged about his meeting with Aronofsky in 2001. Okay, so there is... The connection with Aronofsky is horrifying and Yeah, that's, makes that sense. is a scary
1: one. Now you just talk about watching the movie, I think.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this is a movie you watch once and then delete and then never tell anyone about it again. Besides, yeah, that was really good. Don't watch it if you're having a good day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even thinking about this movie again is making me want to watch it again. And that is, I feel like a huge, that is a huge thing for me to wanna to rewatch this. Akira is so good, but I feel like I could watch that once every two to three years and be fine. Perfect Blue is a movie that I want to dig right back into and see what I missed because that theme of identity is something that Oof, I I'm impressed with it. Uh oh man, it's just good. It's just so fucking good.
1: Identity is a cool subject in general to play around with. It's still so t- taboo I feel like in the sense that you don't really know there's so much that's unknown about human identity and just what goes into it and what we actually are and just some of the taboo natures of it you know multiple personalities and things of that nature so I think it's really cool I think exploring that I don't know if it's done well often so Mm -hmm. no I mean that's the thing you know who
0: you are and at the end of the day that's so fucking horrifying to think that It doesn't matter because no matter what we try to do, sadly, we're going to have to rely on other people for the rest of our lives. And even if you know who you are, even the people closest to you can completely misread who you are. So even if you have your identity, it does not matter because no one else knows who you are. And then it gets even scary when you think that you don't know who you are. So, identity is this completely nebulous thing that can be any definition from any moment in time. And there's something about Perfect Blue that captures that immaculately because it is this thing that will jump back and forth between just. I, hmm, jump between different things and it fits into the actual format of the movie itself. It
1: is so. Good and uh I think I'm gonna have to rewatch it again. I think that does it all, honestly. I mean that's a compliment in its own right. All right, now sentence me to death. I've I've committed weavery. <laughs> yeah, I'm still gonna sentence you to death, but it's gonna make for a good story. So don't worry about that.
0: <laughs> it's okay. I'm the judge, so you get sentenced to death. I can then absolve myself and get there a pardon. Go. So I'll be fine. You There you, death. you go.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> okay, I, well, I'll I'll watch it and then kill myself. That's fine.
0: <laughs> I already sent you a bitcoin that has the credentials for passive pixels written on it. That should get Fent. you enough funding for the next episode. So
1: That's fantastic. Although I would have preferred a dogcoin. That's uh spiking right now, really gotta hear. Uh, uh one bitcoin is fifty thousand dollars. I'll take it yeah. back and send you one dog coin. Yeah, I'd rather take the doe coin. For the memes, <laughs> right? For the memes. <laughs> I, if you're get, if you're sending me a physical, okay, wait, now hold on. I, I thought you meant you're sending me like a physical coin. Are you just sending me like a digital currency? Not anymore. Okay, because like if you're gonna send me a physical currency that's worthless, because these are digital currencies, I'm imagining a Bitcoin and then I'm imagining you sending me a coin with the Shiva's face on front of it. I'd rather have the coin with the Shiva's face on front of it.
0: No, man, that's the thing. That's got it's got the blockchains, you know, and the the Bitcoin and, and the blockchain. Oh, okay, and no, 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 and... no, no.
1: No, send me the Bitcoin then. Yeah, we're
0: good. No man, the the NFT, you know that's that's where the credentials are. Gotcha. Yeah. I'll uh I'll open it.
1: Eddie <laughs> No, no, hold on. No, I'm gonna try
0: it. No. Joker. No. Yes. Dorian. Nope. Brandon.
1: <laughs> Brandon. Brandon Lucington Brandon. <laughs> Thank you for joining me. No, it's been a pleasure as always, and uh we'll see you next time. All right. Uh
0: anyone still listening, uh just remember this is the third time I remind you. So That is making up for all the times I didn't mention it. I will not be recording the 30th, so that is not happening. The next episode is going to be the middle of May. It's going to be a longer one. I'm going to be playing near Replicant. Do not bother me. If I don't return your calls or your texts, do not show it to my house. I will not be able to hear you because there's going to be some last music playing
1: maybe just like you know, go to his place if you know him drop off some water make sure he's make sure he's hydrated don't bother him just just leave it at the front door make sure he's hydrated if you can just figure
0: out a way to signal to me that it's there because if i hear the perfect, doorbell perfect. i'm going to destroy
1: my doorbell yeah no no don't ring the doorbell just you know what you do you just leave it there and just like knock on the side panel of the place like a couple times just i will place
0: knock. a fake door in front of my real door so when they knock, I can't hear it, because the real door isn't getting knocked on. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so yeah, just don't bother the fucking guy. Let him play his game. <laughs> Alright, so with that out of the way, I would have to say my recommendation would be perfect blue out of this list. What do you got, Addy?
1: Oh, we're doing a, a new segment? of rec- recommendation? That's fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me look at my list again. Uh, da, 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 da. uh I I mean I'm obviously gonna rec- recommend Persona 4 Golden. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. One that's true. It. That it, is... It's a top, top it's a top 15 game of all time. I'm sorry. So there was some other good stuff I played, and I would like to boost the signal of uh, what remains to be finch a little bit more. But yeah, I mean Persona 4 Golden. It's a no brainer. So fair enough. All right. Yeah. Then uh congrats, you bastards. You got a long
0: episode. Skipping the next episode uh at some point a 13 settles episode will drop soon as well as the ridiculous near replicant and gestalt spoiler cast uh before the near replicant version 1.2 spoiler cast if it needs one
2: all right that's that's it like i said i still haven't figured out how to buy yet so i'm just gonna cut myself in the middle of the